as a tailgater reminded me outside of MetLife Stadium just about four short hours ago. You can't spell Pats without past, which is what the Jets fans thought New England was as this was to be their day. And I gently reminded him, well, sir, you also can't spell Jets without Jest, which is exactly what it seems they continue to play their games in, especially MVP of the day for your New England Patriots, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, with several timely interceptions on the day. That's right. They run it to 13 straight. The New England Patriots do today with a 22-17 victory over the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. Bill Belichick now gets sole possession of second most wins all time for a head coach in the NFL, 325 wins against the team that he despises most in the NFL. How sweet it is, as the old Jackie Gleason used to say. You know, Andy, somebody actually told me outside the stadium earlier today that they believed that the Patriots blew it against the Bears just so Bill Belichick could get win number 325 against the New York Jets today. I thought that was rather funny at the time, and now it seems to have come true. I thought it would be a tight one, but it still holds to pass. The New York Jets, they are the get-right game for whatever ails the New England Patriots, and it looks like it's not changing anytime soon. Zach Wilson is the gift that keeps on giving. Bill Belichick owes him a nice little thank you. Hey, Zach, appreciate the win. Best, Bill Belichick. Like that, I mean, that game came down to Zach Wilson doing Zach Wilson things. He had, we talked about it in the Six Rings uh, podcast this week with Brendan Tierney from New York, and he had been avoiding the, the mistakes. He'd been avoiding the turnovers. He'd been a game manager, and today he was... Zach Wilson, he was throwing you the football. Devin McCourty, a couple gift interceptions that he was more than happy to haul in. And Ramondre Stevenson did just enough as essentially the core of the offense with a little bit of sprinkled Jacoby Myers for good measure, and you get the win. It was ugly, but it was much needed, and it's a... Uh, I don't. It did, doesn't fall under the feel-good or the get-right kind of win. Just falls under the win. You you got a victory and you move forward like recoup, recover, and move on. Because this team still has a lot of issues it needs to clean up on both sides of the ball before it can start to uh, really focus on maybe bigger uh, goals down the road. But you got a win and you should send Zach Wilson a thank you present. Oh, absolutely. Zach Wilson, if he swings by Excuse my me? house tomorrow night on Halloween, he can have the full-size candy bars. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then he would throw it to somebody but miss him. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I'll remind him, stay away from my wife. (laughs) Yeah, well, yes, that's true, too. (laughs) That got serious all Uh, of a sudden. This is, of course, I apologize for not saying right off the top, this is the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI, WEEI WEEI.com, the Odyssey app, and, of course, the WEEI Sports Radio Network. If you would like to join the show at any time to talk about this big New England Patriots win, what's going on with Mac Jones? what the Patriots need to clean up, and just how much you appreciate Zach Wilson continuing to do Jets things as the Patriots get a huge 22-17 to victory, bringing their record to 4-4 four and four on the regular season with nine games to go. You can call us at 617-779-7937. The text line is open and available for business at 37937. And, of course, the socials at WEEI, at Six Rings Pod at Jumbo Heart, and at Fitzy GFY. Later on in the show, we'll hear from our pal Christian Fourier to hear what he has to say about the Zach Wilson Express 
Kyrie Thompson from WEI.com will join us. And, of course, we'll bring you live audio from Patriots coach Bill Belichick, quarterback Mac Jones, and you know what? Maybe Zach Wilson's daddy, Devin McCourty, should he take to the podium as well later on today. That's the whole point right off the top, Andy. Is this game a referendum on how poorly Zach Wilson has played, has developed or not developed? Uh, Is this about the Patriots and Bill Belichick once again being able to fluster Zach Wilson and uh, get in the head of a quarterback who just isn't ready for prime time? To me, it feels like a combination of the two. Like, Patriots defense did just enough today. They certainly weren't as dominant along the defensive line as the New York Jets as they were definitely the story of the first half, kind of owning the New England Patriots uh, offensive line as well with multiple sacks and penalties galore. Cole Strange, we'll have a talk about that later. But then as the game progressed and Zach Wilson was forced to try to get off platform, make plays and show that he's the man and that when the New York Jets need him to be, he can actually get out of script, get off platform and make some plays. He did, except those plays all benefited the Patriots. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to apologize to our friend Brandon Tierney from WFAN because I kind of mocked his um, idea when he joined us that this the Jets thought it, the Patriots were ripe for the picking and there might be some changing of the guard and Big Brother was becoming the Big Brother blah 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 and like. CBS picked up the same storyline. I had to listen to Ian Eagle and Charles Davis tell me, you know, they're trying to prove something just like the Bills did a couple years ago. Like, these two teams, in my mind, are middling football teams that aren't a wart on the bum-bum of the Buffalo Bills. That's what we learned today. They're not good football teams. That end of the first half where it's like, turnover, penalty, turnover. No, you want it. No, you get it. No, you suck. No, you suck. Like, you're both not that good. (laughs) Both teams are not that good with second-year quarterbacks who I think both are still questioning are they the guy meanwhile you look upward upward up look straight up that's the buffalo bills and josh allen and they are light years ahead of you light years better than you so again credit the victory you needed a win you got a win great for bill belichick you get number 325 but any grand proclamations that because you did this you're something or because the jets almost did something no you're both just mediocre football teams right now and that to me is the reality of these two teams, because I also happen to think the Dolphins are are better than them. Now, that's a different conversation than the Bills, because the Bills are clearly a Super Bowl contender, but these, these guys feel like also-rans to me, both teams. Yeah, oh, both both teams had mistakes galore, mistakes aplenty today. Like we said, there were a number of uh, penalties from the New England Patriots along the offensive line. Um, the, the difference also, something that was like very obvious to me right from the get-go, Andy, The difference in the Patriots' tempo and productivity on offense when they go, I won't say like full no huddle, but when they go up tempo, they look potent. Like the off the offense looks kind of dynamic. Like they're they're at times like it it moves better. There's fluidity to it. Mac Jones looks more comfortable. Mac loves it. There's no doubt. Mac loves that. But so that's the question. Like so, all these dropbacks and shock. He doesn't like that. Like last year in the preseason when he was clearly outplaying Cam Newton, you could see. He loved when he would be inserted in the second half and they would go tempo, how comfortable he was. That's what he likes doing. A couple quick steps, out to the flat, over the middle, easy reads, bing, bang, boom, that's what he likes. All the other stuff that they're trying to structure and get him to work with, it's just not working. And it got to a point where at the end of the first half, as people like, and thank goodness, you know, I saw the tweets of like, you know, good thing Mac Jones uh, doesn't have a Twitter account. And uh, thank goodness this game is taking place on the road. I put up a quick poll that just ended a few minutes ago 
Mac Jones is struggling because, and the options were, Patriots broke him, he needs better weapons, he's lost it and or he stinks, or the Jets' defense is really good. By a landslide, the number one choice was the Patriots broke him. So I think there, oh, there's over 45% of Pats fans believe that the Patriots have done him a disservice, and that's why now he looks hesitant, uh, doesn't look like he's comfortable. How, what, what, what say you to that? Well, I think he's broken. I do think over the course of August, September, and October, he's kind of reached a broken state, and physically as much as mentally today, because he got the absolute crap kicked out of him with some of those hits in the first half, um, where he had to run. Yeah, like they, but but that is the continuation of all of it. I don't know that the play calling is good enough. In fact, I think it isn't at times. But the offensive line is a problem. They have all these guys that are supposedly like playmakers and contributors who don't get open, who don't make plays. Like, we'll get to my down list later, but mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar, did you play? Uh, Kendrick Bourne, did you play? I know Devontae Parker got hurt early and he was out, but other I know than Devontae I- Parker was there because I heard on the radio broadcast early on as I was making my way back from the stadium uh, to the studio that uh like oh first play out oh he's got a knee and he's going to the locker room but otherwise Aguilar no show and nothing John O. Smith I would hear his name like trips right there's born he's out there yeah he's not hurt anymore he's off the injury report so no excuses he has a bunch of guys other than Stevenson and Jacoby Myers who just don't get open we know who we know who Hunter Henry is every once in a while he's going to have that 20 yard catch and he that's fine like he'll be open he'll catch the ball if you throw it to him right but they don't have any playmakers. We knew it coming in. We didn't. We tried to convince ourselves that Bourne was going to take a leap. Parker was going to sit atop the depth chart. He was going to be a guy like all of this was going to come together. It has not come together. What has come together are the problems. Like the wide receivers are a problem. The offensive line is a problem. Cole Strange is regressing by the week. Right tackle, doesn't matter who plays. They're not good. Cannon, win. Up next, Yadni Kajus. Let's see if you can have a try out there. Obviously, you're without David Andrews. Less than ideal. Like, other than Stevenson and Myers, um, who shows up? Who like and and so it's hard for me to do I think Mac is playing well? No. I think at times he's holding on to the ball, should throw it away. But I think hesitant. some of it he was too hesitant, yes. Yeah, you'd be absolutely. hesitant too if your line sucked and your receivers sucked. <laughs> Wouldn't you? You don't know when you're going to get hit, and you know don't know where you can throw to. Other than that, have fun playing quarterback. Like I, I so with, with he's going to bear the brunt because the quarterback line. bears the brunt. But yeah. you have to look elsewhere on the team and take in the totality of why he's broken. Is he broken? Sure, he might be. Why is he broken? The coaches, the line, and the receivers are all contributing to the breakage of Mac Jones. So you're saying it's a veritable Vegas casino buffet of yep. Of wrong, bad, and suck that has led to Mac Jones taking a, I'm not even going to say slight, I'm going to say now we're teetering towards a pronounced step back from last season. Now again, as I just said a few minutes ago, he looks so much more comfortable in tempo. Hell, Andy, he actually got the ball to other people when they went into tempo in the second half, like Hunter Henry caught one late in the first half. That was a nice pass that he dropped in the bucket to him. He got Jonu Smith involved. Um, Like there, there seemed to be like, uh, a rhythm to the Patriots offense and Mac Jones looked like like oh wow they, they could actually strike from anywhere on the field at any given point but later on when they just go back into the long like why are they taking 10 yard dropbacks when you have a backup center in James Ferentz who I'm not going to critique that much because the man's going up against some absolute monsters on that Jets defensive line and he held his own ish but Cole Strange not having a good day like you said 
the the Marcus Cannon experiment may have actually gone gone asunder on us now at this point. And right tackle could continue to be an issue because, like you said, you got Kajust and you got Win and you've got Cannon out there as well. These these seven step drops where they're looking for either shot plays or 50-50 balls, it's not working right now. It's just not working. Not with the line you have, not with the plays you're calling, and not with the talent that you've surrounded Mac Jones with. And so in a game where you've got another team making mistakes aplenty and the the quarterback has decided to just start throwing interceptions all over like Oprah giving people a car, just tossing them around left and right in a completely cavalier fashion that is probably going to make Robert Sala lose whatever hair is left on his body when he watches the film in the postgame. In a lot of ways, the Patriots should have beaten the Jets by a hell of a lot more than five points. Um, yeah, I, probably that's probably accurate. But I, I think this game could have swung in either direction because neither team is very good, and then that's how it is. Like momentum, big plays, turnovers, penalties, change change things dramatically because bad teams or middling teams don't overcome those. So this was like the opposite of a heavyweight fight. This was like two backyard brawlers who both kind of stink. Like it's mildly entertaining because they're both landing a couple punches, but you're waiting for one of the two fat guys to fall fall down and end the fight because you, you need to move on to something better. Um, but I, I think the Patriots have a confidence problem. I'm not sure the coaches have confidence in Mac Jones, and I'm quite sure con- Mac Jones doesn't have confidence in almost anything around him. And, and until they rebuild – that confidence, him and his line, him and his receivers to get open, be where they need to be, them and him, him and them, I'm not sure they can be much more than what they are, and that's just sort of a scuffling, middling team. And the talent is also an issue, but there's nothing you can do about the talent right now. You're not going to change that midseason. You can try to rehab the confidence level of everybody involved, but we all know that, you know what breeds confidence? Success. Right? Like you need to see somebody. You can't just trust the process anymore. Screw the process. The process was on the training camp field. Now we're in the era of results. And too often on a play to play basis, I don't think anybody trusts the results that are going on out there. Yeah, it's a bit of an issue. It make, it, now, see, watching this game today, uh, the Bears didn't make any of the mistakes that the Jets made today. Uh, Jets were very crisp in those first couple of drives, Andy. Uh, the first couple of drives, you've got. The first time the Jets go down the field, and I believe they get a field goal. And well, they then... went three and out. The team's traded. Oh, no, no, they three traded and three and outs. outs. Thank you. That's right. Excuse me. Then, then they, they started playing. Yeah. And then, then they started the playing. Jets, two drives in a row. Garrett Wilson looking like an absolute fine. They have the 54-yard long play down the field. So it looks like, uh-oh, here, here's, another, here's another quarterback from the 2021 draft class who's going to have the best day of his career against the Patriots. You know, last week, last not even last week, geez, it was only a couple days ago. We watched Justin Fields have the game of his life with all of those scripted runs and some nice passes and some clutch plays against a very discombobulated Patriots defense, an entirely discombobulated Patriots staff and team during that debacle of a 33-14 Bears win on Monday Night Football. And then after the Jets open up with a couple of crisp drives, they sort of lost their way. What do you think was behind that? Why? Where, where did things start to, before we try to figure out how the Patriots were able to take advantage of those mistakes and what a day it was to have Nick Folk on your fantasy team, where did the Jets start losing their way? Yeah, not sure it's a good thing that Nick Folk is uh, five for five for the second time in four weeks, three weeks, three or four weeks. You don't want your kicker being five for five on short field goals because it means you're not very good offensively and you're not putting the ball in the end zone. We had the the zappy performance uh, against the Lions, and now we have the 
the Mac Jones performance against the Jets. The difference being at least the Jets have a decent defense, pretty good defense, where you can maybe explain away why you're not better in terms of putting the ball in the end zone. But um, in terms of the Jets going astray, I think some of it started with that floated interception. That was – I'm not – I need to pull up the uh, the game book, but the that possession where he floated a terrible pass, and I, I think that started to unwind. I think there's a confidence issue on that side of the ball too. He has too much confidence, and I'm not sure anybody around him has the kind of confidence in him that he has in himself. Um, but early on, the tackling was an issue. Like, I, I think this defense tackles pretty poorly at times. I think that the is Patriots. a – all season long against mm-hmm. quarterbacks against running backs against wide receivers i think tackling has become an issue um i do think uh y- your safety who had two interceptions today devin mccourty he's clearly lost a step he is not as fast and as quick to the ball as he mm-hmm. once was jack jones obviously the late play where he throws a shoulder in instead of just tackling mims mims bounces off and ends up with the long catch and run um so i think there's some of that tackling just just flat out tackling on on the defensive side of the football um but yeah that like there was some momentum there that the Jets had a chance to pounce on then the Jets didn't then the Patriots had a chance to pounce the Patriots didn't and that leads me back to stop me if you've heard this before these are two middling football teams that aren't consistently good and make too many mistakes to be consistently good and I know they were talking about it during the broadcast Robert Sala using the Belichickian quote like most games in this league are lost they're not one you know the old Belichick before you can win you have to not lose mm-hmm. eh, the Jets lost today the Jets lost today at times I thought the Patriots were going to try to lose too but you can't have two losers so the Jets lost today yeah if you're looking at this game on a seesaw like you say and there's two middling 500 you got two nine and eight teams so funny listening early on in the broadcast because you know the just j-e-t-s jets 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 chance all over the tailgate coming out of the tunnel from mass transit and then metlife stadium jet life stadium as it was transformed into today the echoes of it as, a, as i'm in the car and heading back and i listen to the broadcast and the announcers were feeling themselves early and they're like you know, this this New York Jets team, with a win today, they get the monkey off their back, rid themselves of the Patriots, put them in the rear view, and next week against Buffalo will be for first place in the AFC East. And I didn't want to laugh, but it was more just a little sports cliche alert. Guys, maybe it's time to pump the brakes a little bit. A little bit. You know, you do have Zach Wilson under center. You know Belichick is going to try to force him into a couple of scenarios where he's going to have to throw... Uh, a hail, not a Hail Mary, but he's going to end up taking a shot where he's going to make some wild throws. They'll get him out of the pocket, and then we'll see what happens. And a lot of times, that's like these are the hallmarks of a Bill Belichick defense where he relies on his team being fundamentally sound enough to, to take advantage of the mistakes that he's going to force another quarterback into. And Zach Wilson, like, you want to see him turn into this Mahomesian terror that everyone talked about coming out of BYU? That ain't happening anytime soon, Andy. No, and he misses. I'm a I'm a big believer. It's great to do all the things he is physically capable of doing, but he misses too many easy throws. There was a, I want to say it was the first drive three and out. There was just like a five yard flat throw, running back, and he threw it like low into the inside. Never had a chance to catch it. Like those are the types of plays that the great quarterbacks make, even if they make the great plays. And that's what I firmly believe that's where Josh Allen's transformation came. He was always capable of the wow, but it was the boring that he wasn't capable of. He started to do the boring. Hit hit the five-yard guy in the flat so we go second and five, and now second and five, we can do anything we want. We can be creative, and I can go deep down the field. I can make big plays, whatever. 
But if you miss those easy throws, I think you regret it. And I think that's where Wilson is, and especially now where Wilson is, miss easy throws, oh, and then do something really horrifically dumb. He flirted with more dumb than he even got a, he gave us today. Like, you could see... So the first pick was the float. Then before the second pick, he started to just get dangerous. He scrambled over into like the corner of the end zone where you, you're like, oh, my God, there's going to be a safety or there's going to be a strip sack. Who knows what's going to He was flirting with being even worse than he was today. And how about him with a misleading stat line in part thanks to the, the last drive? But, I mean, he oh, finishes yeah. with yeah. 355 yards passing, and I'm like, Wow, that makes it look like he was not bad today. I know that's he was like, twenty. That's like uh, back but. against uh, Houston, Andy, in twenty twenty. Like, well, we threw for three hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, yeah great. Cam threw for three fifty, right. and, and, and you, you stink. Guys got- you lose. You're not a good team. <laughs> like that's what you are. And meanwhile, the other quarterback wasn't all that good either. Twenty one of thirty five for one ninety four, six sacks for Mac Jones. Oh. Tried to throw a pick six, but got bailed out by a roughing the passer call. Got yep. bailed out by Too a aggressive. Uh, yep. 15-yard penalty on one of his runs. Like C.J. Mosley and ends up yeah, like, now, now, see, That was super controversial because of the fact that C.J. Mosley is trying to tackle Mac as a runner. A runner. Who, and who lowered his head? Mac. Mac. Not C.J. Mosley. That yeah. should not have been a penalty. The only reason that's a penalty is because Mac Jones plays the quarterback position, and those guys are a protected class. Just like in the HR world, quarterbacks are a protected class. Stay the bleep away from them if you want to live to fight another day. Because if that's a runner, a tight end, a running back, you don't get that call. You lower your head, you get hit. It happens. So I hated that call, but he took an even bigger hit on the sideline the next play. He pulled a damn Bledsoe. I give Tom Curran credit. He immediately said, like, what in the Bledsonian hell is going on here? He let up on the sideline and just took a, a Mo Lewis-like blow. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're not, I mean, you already have an injury. Okay, you're off the injury report. That's great. You actually ran well today. That's the infuriating thing. The best thing Mac Jones has done the last two weeks is run. Run for his life or run for yards. He was their leading running back for most of the first half. So, yeah, 24 yet last week, 19 this week, and that's with a couple kneel downs. So he was right around 24 again. He's a 20-plus yard rusher for second straight week. Um, this They're not doing anything in a way that is effective, efficient, sustainable, offensively there were times in that first half that I really thought it looked like what I bitched to you all all August about the offense on the practice field where he's so uncomfortable he's got to pull it down and run and scramble and there's no there's no fluidity to it it doesn't look like an efficient NFL offense I thought that was really alarming because We've talked in recent weeks like, oh, Matt Patricia's growing as a as a play caller and the scheme is evolving and they're figuring out what they want to be and what they do right. Well, guess what? Bill Belichick told us sometimes you have to wait till, you know, five, six, seven games into eight games into the season. We are at basically the midseason point. They're four and four, and I have no idea what this offense thinks it is or can be. We are back on like August the third with ineffective offensive play calling, game planning, and execution, and that's alarming at this point in the season, and it should be alarming to them. Definitely not a good thing to be almost halfway through the season, far past when Bill Belichick says this is when you get to know your football team. Is the preseason over yet? Preseason over yet? The extension of the preseason? How long is this? This is a long-ass extension of the preseason. We're eight games into it. An 11 game. Commissioner Goodell can't be happy about an 11-game preseason, Andy. No wonder this has been such bad football, according to Tom Brady. This preseason goes on forever. Let's let's start the bullets flying for real, right, Tom? Yeah, meanwhile, there were a lot of other actually high-scoring, thrilling games on the 1 o'clock slate, but of course... 
we all got the one that was stuck in mud. Patriots 22, Jets 17, but you know what? They still did get the W. There's a lot to parse over. There is a lot to dissect and analyze. We can't wait to hear from you guys. 617-779-7937. Coach Bill Belichick celebrating his 325th win, second most all-time as a head coach in the NFL, and he got it against the team that he resigned as HC of almost 23 years ago. Y'all love to see it. You got Jumbo Hart, you got your old pal Fitzy, and you here on the Six Rings postgame show. The Pats win again on WEEI. Oh, so sorry, Jets fans, but the black fly in your Chardonnay came down to East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Meadowlands. Patriots 22, New York Jets 17. Andy, as much as I would love to bask in the glow and the schadenfreude of all those Jets fans who told me before the game that their time was now. It was over for the Patriots. Mac Jones stinks. Bill Belichick stinks. They're all done. Look, it was not a signature win for the Patriots, but it was still a win. I can't quite, you know, you just can't quite rub it in right now because the Patriots didn't play that well. And Zach Wilson, as we said earlier, was probably the most key component to the Patriots win today. But at the same time, Oh, man, it's just a shame that the Jets don't get their coronation like they were telling me about earlier. Yeah, and again, I don't understand this coronation. Like, they are that desperate for for success or hope that they're just being better than the Patriots was going to be enough for them, even if they, they weren't better that. than the Dolphins or Bills? Like, no, isn't they that need sad? that, Andy. They've been under thumb. The Patriots have been the older brothers sitting on the Jets' losers. head on the sofa for what decades. What a bunch of losers. That's embarrassing. That's like, like getting all excited because you can see the winner of the race. Ooh, I see him. He's off there in the distance. Ooh, that's pretty cool. We can see him. Like, who are you? Watch Ricky Bobby. Second place is first loser. Get over it. I don't care for the Jets in any way now. And it's not for the same reasons a lot of you people, you fraud squatters or even Bill does. Like, just such loserville. So sad. Didn't they used to be good once upon a time? When Joe eh, sort of. They were good for a while, and then Rex Ryan lost his way, and then they yeah, tried like, to get good again with Todd Bowles in 2015, no. beat the Patriots, and then they lost in Buffalo, and then they lost their way. And, and now it's 13 straight. By the way, this hour of... The Six Rings postgame show where we talk about how the New England Patriots were just good enough and the Jets continue to be bad and sad. This hour is brought to you by Unified Office and their revenue-producing restaurant phone technology. Right now, why don't we grab a quick call first just to fold the audience in a little bit because I'm sure there are people out there that have some takes, some victory laps, and more. Hopefully, we'll actually hear from our pal Jamal, who calls in every week. And when he does, <laughs> that's usually when Bill Belichick gets to the podium. So stay tuned for Jamal's call later. Uh, let's go to Ryan and Weymouth on the South Shore. You're first up on the Six Rings postgame show, Ryan. Hey, guys. Thank you for the call. Uh, Andy, Fitzy, I agree 100%. Yep, you know, we knew what was going on with the Jets, but... The only reason I'm going to be positive is because my mother, of all people, said predicted the Patriots will win. So I have to give them credit. Defense did what they had to do. Man, McCourty was in the right place at the right time. Uh, what is it? Uh, offensively, though, uh, I have to give credit. Ramondre Stevenson is, even though there's no more, you know, there's not a lot of talent. The quarterback talent is not there. 
Ramondre Stevenson is one of the best running backs in the league, and he's now catching balls with one hand. He's doing everything. I have to give credit to Stevenson, and I have to give credit to the team that they won today on the road at the Jets, who, will, like you said, were ready to pronounce us dead. The Jets are so sad that I cannot believe that uh, the Patriots went and won that game the way they did. Folk. I mean, are you kidding me? They had the guys that had to... Belichick found a way to be able to just just beat the Jets again. That is just a sad team. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for the call. And certainly, Ramondre Stevenson. You know, when I said he was Le'Veon Bell and then I got really excited and said he's like a poor man, Saquon Barkley, I started to wonder, like, am I being too optimistic? Am I being too, like, rah-rah, playing Fitzy side of the street, fanboy? A little too hyperbolic? Yeah, no. I think he's that damn good. I, You know, I was texting my our, our friend Paul Perillo during the game, like, He's their best player, and he's their most um, ascending player. Like, every time you see him do something, he's a little bit better. And I know there's some people out there that are criticizing him for one of his cuts early when there was a lot of green grass to his left. He tried to cut back across behind a Hunter Henry um, block, and I think C.J. Mosley was coming. C.J. Mosley, if he runs left, is absolutely going to tackle him. The only Mm -hmm. chance he has to break the big run is if he goes behind the Hunter Henry block and keeps going. It didn't happen, whatever. But anybody that wants to criticize Ramondre Stevenson after today's game for anything is the biggest idiot on the planet. He is a stud in the making. And remember how we talked about like the last couple weeks? Oh, did he did he look a little worn down? Was he not quite as frisky? He was Ooh, he frisky as, as today, F Andy. today. Yeah, making oh. everybody miss. Power runs, breakaway runs, 150 yards basically from scrimmage. Mm. And, you know, the one thing somebody has always asked me, like, yeah, you keep comparing him to those guys, but can he line up out wide? Yep, he can. He did mm-hmm. it today a few times. Like, I think they are learning. We can talk about the big picture of the offense, but I do think they're learning just how good he is and how much they can ask him to do and put on his plate. That one catch today where he kind of reached out with the right hand, caught it one-handed in stride and kept right on going, mm-hmm. those are the catches that the elite ones make, the the Marshall Falks, the Ladanian Tomlinsons, the Saquon Barkleys, whoever you think those dynamic playmaking backs have been uh, over the last 20 years, he is evolving into one of those before our eyes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, there wasn't a lot of fun things in my mind in this game, Watching what Ramondre Stevenson is and is becoming is one of the more fun things for Patriots fans this year. The fact that the game was more duty, chore, and responsibility is what prevents <laughs> us from... Duty. Ca- what's that? Duty. But you D-U-T-Y, said it. D-U-T-Y, you child. No, I think it was the other thing. <laughs> okay. They made a duty, duty on the field. <laughs> they made a duty at MetLife. It was responsibility and chore for us to watch it and slog through it, and I think that's part of why we're not doing the celebration victory dance, tap dancing on all of the bad takes from the Jets fans and the braggadocio and their pronouncements, the ice-cold takes of, it's over, you're done, it's our time now. You know, there's still plenty of things that need taking care of in housecraft and house Belichick with the team that plays in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. Uh, I, I totally understand that, but I'll just make this pronouncement now before we get to the next call, Andy. I think it's as simple as this. We're trying to figure out what this offense is, what direction they should be heading, and what they can do to fix themselves. It's this simple. Run the offense through Ramondre. I don't care about Mac. I don't care about the receivers. He is the focal point of the offense going forward. You need to make the offense about Ramondre Stevenson, and I know you love to hear those words because he is easily the most dynamic, the most talented, the most interesting, and like you said, the most ascending player on this offense. Another call real quick, Andy. John's in the car. He wants to pay tribute to today's New York Jets and their wonderful effort. 
Oh, my goodness. You know, I no, it can't be sold upon enough. The Jets, well, like, as Andy just said, the Patriots took a duty on the field for the first half of that game, and they still won. The Jets are still yep. the Jets. The Six Rings postgame show on WEI and all across the WEI Sports Radio Network following the Patriots' 22-17 to victory over the New York Jets. The Patriots go back to 4-4 four and four on the season, a 500 record, yet Andy... They still are in last place in the AFC East. Yep. Got a better record than Tom Brady, but your uh, spot in your division is not better. Ooh. Ooh, that's right. Bill Belichick, in addition to getting win 325 today, now has more wins on the season than Tom Brady, though, (laughs) as somebody just noted on social media, uh, I think this is uh, at OE Stills. I hope that Bill Belichick sends something nice to Tom Brady for all of those wins. (laughs) <laughs> he probably will sometime somewhere along the line. I'm not saying there's a picture. Mike Reese tweeted out the great Mike Reese from ESPN. Uh, Burge, Burge Nigerian, his special. It's, do you know exactly what his title is, by the way? Uh, Concili- you know, special, special ops. Uh, director of football, maybe. Director uh, of football secrecy. And the uh, just, there's some, some sort of I'm, I don't exactly know what Burge Nigerian's title is, but. He's standing as Bill was speaking. There's a football tucked under his left arm. So uh, I think people are kind of on the idea that maybe as Bill Belichick said, like, oh, well, I'll reflect on that later on. You know, maybe when this is all over, win 325. You know how special this was for him. Otherwise, why would Burge have the game ball tucked under his arm? Right. But he's uh, he's never going to say it. He hasn't ever really said it. And that's part of why people respect him. And he sets that tone. That's why you heard Max say, what do you say? We don't really celebrate the individual or awards or whatever around here, but that's a big one. Like it is, but the tone and and it's also not that easy to take a massive victory lap when you improve to four and four. And as one of my Twitter followers just said, too harsh to call it moral loss. <laughs> so um, <laughs> moral loss Monday, phrase. moral loss Monday will be around New England in the eyes of some. Um, so, yeah, but that's just who he is. He's never going to take that. Moral but, you know, it means Monday. something to him. He's now That's sandwiched between Hallis and um, Shula. So, like, he's a historian. He cares about all that stuff, but he's not going to stand up there. I mean, for the guy who doesn't put captain's patches on his players, you know, one of one team out of 32 that doesn't put captain's patches on the captains on the field, hard for him to then say, I am the greatest. I won 325 tonight. Like, okay, just take it for what it is. Move along. Ooh, this has... Uh... A little something to do with the Patriots. Tom Brady, of course, three and five, struggling with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now in second place in the NFC South. The first place team in the NFC South that just went final in overtime, the Atlanta Falcons, who defeated the Carolina Panthers in a thriller at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, 37 to 34. Andy, as crazy, as wonky, as wild and unpredictable as this season has been, did you ever think almost halfway through the season the Atlanta Falcons would be in first place? Um, Fitzy, you know I picked the uh, the Bucks to miss the playoffs, so I thought something would happen in that division that would lead to the uh, Brady's looking up. Not sure I would have picked necessarily the Falcons, but hey, you never know. Marcus Mariota, Kyle Pitts, they got some talent down there. C- building it in the right Arthur direction. Smith doing a yeah. hell of a job. I mean, they still need a quarterback like so many other teams. Oh, no, they got the kid, Ritter, the kid they got from Cincinnati, the rookie. He's going to be something special. They're just riding Mariota this season, a la Daniel Jones. You're sure he's going to be something special? 
I think he's going to be good. Yeah, I you do. thought Mac Jones was going to be good. And he is good. The Patriots broke him. All right, we'll get into that in an hour or two. One more call before we... <laughs> Come on. Try not to throw... I, like I told you in, when we were texting on the break, like the way things happen with people popping up to speak, you got callers, we're trying to deliver some initial reactions, there's sponsor reads. Like the first hour of the post-game show with all the different moving parts kind of feels like a five-way intersection with a stoplight that's not working. So we just have to try to calmly and quietly and as... Uh, as uh, peacefully as possible, usher the traffic through, and then we can get into a rhythm okay. and a groove. So let me give you a quick either-or. Who's okay. most overmatched? Matt Patricia, a defensive mind calling offensive plays. Mac Jones dropping back in the quarterback with in the pocket with plays coming in from a defensive mind. Or Nick Fitzy Stevens trying to host the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Most Five. overmatched? Matt Patricia in a landslide. <laughs> That's probably fair. fair. Speaking of wanting to actually, uh, we have callers that want to pay praise to Mac Jones and that also want to tear Mac Jones a new blank. So let's go to the person who wants to praise Mac Jones, Jesse in New Bedford. Hello, Jesse. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, guys? How are you? Hey, doing good. You know, you guys can need to, everybody needs to put it into perspective. And Devin McCourty McCourty was right on his interview. We are a bunch of spoiled, fickle fans. The kid went 24 for 35. Almost 200 yards, a rating of 80, one touchdown, one pick. He was getting absolutely creamed all game. He lost Devontae Parker, who's probably his best playmaker, not his best receiver, probably his best playmaker. And, you know, and then he's only started in 22 games, and you guys are ready to give up on him? What, what, was, what were they saying about Jalen Hurts a couple years ago? Oh, he's a bust. He gets A.J. Brown? Look at him. Uh, who else? Daniel Jones. He was absolutely a bust. Now he's one of the top ten quarterback in the league. Why? Because he actually has a good coach who actually has a brain and some offensive awareness. My point is you, we can't, we're, we're so quick to judge and to say he's not good. Da, 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 da. You, especially in this NFL these days, in age, you need weapons and you need time for a quarterback to throw the ball. And, that, and, that's the, and that's the bottom line. He came off of not playing for four games, has tons of pressure on him. I think he did an admirable job. He did good in that second half. And, you know, we just got to be patient. I know the patience is uh, lacking in this area, but you just got to give it time, give him some more playmakers, and then see what happens. And Patricia, he just blows. His play <laughs> calling blows. <laughs> Why doesn't he, he get time? Why doesn't he get time? He gets time because it's not about – actually, you know who's to blame Belichick for putting this yep. Joe Judge? Well, look at Joe Judge. Look what the Giants are doing. Isn't it a miracle that Judge <laughs> leaves and Daniel Jones is a quarterback? Oh, wow. It's just, fun. it's just funny how that works out. we just we got to be patient. Mac Jones, if you get this guy weapons, he proved it in Alabama, put up the best college season in history, put up the best rookie season in history. He just got to be – Patient. It will work out. Give this guy weapons and give him time to throw. That's a good there call. There we go. That's Drop a good the call. mic. Good job. Well done. Thank you very much, John. <laughs> but that's classic Patriots contradiction. And I do it all the time. I mean, Jesse, like you feel passionate me. about something. Give Mac time. He needs time. He's only been two years. And then Patricia blows. <laughs> he's, he's like six months into ever calling an offensive play or thinking about offense. But he doesn't get any patience. Uh, that's a good call. I love sports talk radio. Oh, sometimes it can be, sometimes it can just be a minefield of muck and suck. It can be the 500 yards of crap coming out of the Shawshank prison, but sometimes it can also just be an absolute joyride. And 
we've had a little bit of both in the first hour. All right, time to reset things and get ready for hour number two. As we come to you once again from our Best Yet brand studio, you got Fitzy, you got Hart, we got Pats to talk about 22-17 win over the Jets here on WEEI. Andy, your quick takeaways from the words from Bill Belichick and Mac Jones at the podium today, especially Mac Jones, who didn't seem to want to get into a debate or discussion of trying to prove everyone wrong or rather prove prove himself right in believing that he was the best option for this team right now. Yeah, and and that's that's a smart uh, move by him, smart plan of attack. Stay out of that. You don't need to get into that kind of stuff. I would just say my takeaway from Mac was uh, a tonality one, and I thought mm-hmm. his tone was pretty upbeat. Like I thought, you know, we're talking about is he broken, quote unquote, on the field, confidence, what whatever's going on over the last, you know, eight weeks plus, and then dating back to training camp. He didn't sound like a broken man. At the podium, and I think that's a good thing. Like, that's a first step in the right direction. Now, the performance, the on-field, the the comfort in the pocket, presence, things that are going to need to evolve and improve are a next step. But the fact that he doesn't look or sound like a broken man um, after a win, I understand that. He may have looked more like a broken man had they lost this game somehow. Onside kick goes the other way, and suddenly they lose. He may have looked like a different, different guy, but... That was my takeaway from him. I thought the takeaway from Bill um, was pretty realistic. Like, I think his tone was realism. Like, he he talked – he might have done the thumbs up and thumbs down in his head when he said, you know, we had some guys step up, make plays, Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers. Like, he's listing a thumbs up version, and then he talked about some of the issues. Now, I will say, he did mention that he thought they tackled well – I did not think they tackled very well defensively. Um, special teams-wise, I thought they did a nice job tackling and in coverage. Um, Braxton Berrios got stopped short of the 20 a couple different times on kickoff returns. They oh, had and that if, unf- if um, um, uh, Demarcus Mitchell, Demarcus yeah, Mitchell they, was able to actually stop his momentum or just pass the ball back and not roll into the end zone, they would have downed one at the, uh, a punt at the one, which yeah. would have been a very impressive. I don't, nice little bounce back for Jake Bailey today, by the way, just saying. And he needs it. He he absolutely Not needs it. Time. He's in the Mac Jones world of don't be a broken player. We got some players that feel broken. They need to uh, repair themselves. And I don't think Demarcus Mitchell knew the rule. I think he thought when he recovered it and hopped up there that it was over. And I don't think he knew he had to stay out of the end zone or anything. I think there might be some teaching points there moving forward. Um, But I thought Bill was pretty realistic, and that may have played into, as I said earlier, him not taking a victory lap for victory number 325 and passing George Papa Bear Hollis. So um, I thought both of them were were what you'd probably expect, like positive after a win, but not necessarily like, we're, we're back, baby, giddy, because we know that they're not, you know, at their best. There are still plenty of things, like even that last drive. Um, for the for the Jets and the tackling there. Like, that's one of those things where Bill won't be happy with that. That'll be a teaching point and a talking point, how they should have played that differently, how Jack Jones should have tackled differently or yeah, you know, the Jack attempted Jones to one. tackle. Yep. Yeah, so it, it I think it was understandable, the tone they took, but my biggest takeaway is maybe Mac Jones started to feel a little bit better today. That That'll be my takeaway. I thought he was upbeat as well, and I'm very happy to hear that, considering that, People continue to believe that maybe it's the Patriots that have gotten into his head and not put him in a position to succeed or grow or make the improvements he needs to for the team and as a quarterback in the National Football League. And yes, Andy, 
I know it goes back to the old cliche of like, oh, there's no such thing as a bad win in the National Football League. You called it, and I'm definitely going to roll with this one going forward. Moral loss Monday. <laughs> as when, so you win, but it feels like a loss, or not, it doesn't feel like a loss, but you don't get that same kind of joy. Whereas there have been some defeats, like the Green Bay one, where everybody came into work the next day, or you tune into WEI, and hey, it sounds like they won the game. I think people will be a little more upbeat about this one because they are back to 500 and they've got a puncher's chance to be able to get over that before the bye following next Sunday's Colts game. Time for, <clears throat> excuse me, one more call before we catch you guys up on the rest of the scores of the day. With trending now, oh, here's someone who didn't think Mac was so great today after all. Another John from Fall River. Hello, John. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? No, I just, I think that that game was won on defense. And the running game, I thought Mac looked. I thought he looked terrible. I mean, that pick he threw right before the half. That game could have very easily been seventeen to three going to the half. I thought that call was questionable. The, the roughing the quarterback call after the uh, interception. I don't know. He just looks gun shy. He looks. I feel like he doesn't have a lot of pocket. I like Mac. I'm rooting for the kid, but I don't know what it is with him this year. And I mean, what's he got? He's got two touchdowns on the year and, like, six picks, seven with today. I mean, I don't know. Yep. I just – I feel like uh, I feel like we have a lot of work to do with the quarterback position. But thanks for taking my call. Appreciate the call, John. Andy, I'll put this question to you first. How differently do you think the Patriots would have played or what do you think the outcome of today's game would have been if, let's say, Belichick had – shaking the pillars of Patriots Nation and announced on Wednesday that Zappy was going to be the quarterback. You know, we're playing radio. It's a post-game show. We can do things like this. Um, I think it would have been a similar game. I think you would have seen, and maybe Zappy throws the picks and before Zach Wilson does. Maybe he hit the wheels fall off him as a younger quarterback. I don't know. Like, butterfly effect. Um, I think you would have been in a middling dogfight. Um, but I think the caller is right. I mean, they were a hair away from being down 17 to 3 at halftime. Yep. And that game's over. At 17 to 3, I believe that game is over. 100% over cuz I don't think there's this effort for Zach Wilson to make plays, you know, he can play it, manage it differently. That defense can continue to get after Mac and hit him and maybe even be more aggressive in that nature. Hell, I listened to the halftime show. They were talking about taking odds as to whether Bailey Zappi was going to play in the second half. They were talking about that as I a very heard, real I possibility. That. Well, it was brought up by Bill Cower, and then somebody else was like, yeah, I think if if Mac comes out, goes three and out or whatever, there's a good chance we're going to see Zappy. Now, Mac didn't. They went right down the field, in part because Ramondre Stevenson jump-started it with like a, whatever that was, like a 35-yard run to get them going. They get right down there, then make a key play for the touchdown. That is some breathing room. It makes them feel better, changes the game. But at 17-3 to on that out, and I did think it was interesting. What did Max say? I need to look at the, the film, and and that was a miscommunication or a communication thing he there. Call it, he called it a miscommunication. As a matter of fact, I was just seeing that on the timeline. He called it a miscommunication. Yeah, so he, he doesn't necessarily think that's all on him. Um, I'm guessing there is some uh, teaching points there for young Tyquan Thornton that will be uh, hammered out moving forward. Um, but that was a huge play. That's a huge call. And I did you think it was roughing the passer? Because I did. I actually thought yes. it was. Like that gets called. 
I feel like that gets called 10 times out of 10 in the National In this League. season especially? Yeah. I mean, like, sorry, you just have to be like, they're going to be more mindful of excessive contact. They're going to be more protective of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Every last little something like that that you think is going to err on the side of giving the quarterback the benefit of the doubt, they're probably going to okay. – they're, they're probably going to call. So, yeah. Yeah. I was fine with that call. It, it that's that's 2022 NFL football and quarterbacks and officiating. Mm-hmm. That that's the reality. But it saved their bacon because they were Oof. they were sizzling, sizzling. They yeah, were done. They, they were they would have been cooked, goosed, porked, and dunsky had it actually gone the way of the Jets, but it didn't. And the day ultimately goes the way of the Patriots. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the telephone number. Please feel free to call in and weigh in on your thoughts on today's game. How you feel about Mac Jones as well. And can these Patriots clean up the mess and start putting together a couple of wins following last Monday's ugly defeat and today's, well, you know, it's a win. And a win is a win. And that's always still in the NFL a good thing. Gentlemen, Jets are feeling pretty good about themselves these days. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to say to Pat's Nation today? Stay home. Stay home. You have to keep it clean? Nope. Go f- yourself. <laughs> the Belichick run is over. He never had a run. Yeah. Learn how to cheat when he's young. That's right. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> Just some of the courtesies, pleasantries, and kind welcomings I was treated to today as I made my way around the lots outside MetLife Stadium before the Jets-Patriots game, a game that New York Jetropolitan fans were all kinds of fired up for, Andy. A game that Gangrene Nation was sure and confident would be a coronation, a changing of the guard, a rising up of the insurrection led by Robert Sala and players like Sauce Gardner, Quinnen Williams, Garrett Wilson, C.J. Mosley. Oh, those guys, many of them played very well today. The problem is Zach Wilson is still their quarterback. Yep, Zach Wilson turned into who we all thought he was, who he's been in the past, not who he's been over the last few weeks, and that was part of the formula they had for winning. But uh, until he can avoid those just idiotic plays, just hellacious plays, um, they're in trouble. And I know Charles Davis was really fixating on you know the the off platform throws and back mm-hmm. foot and and I agree with him, but that's also who Zach Wilson is. You drafted him knowing he was that. Like I don't know if you're going to ever break him of that. That's his style of play, just like it's Aaron Rodgers' style of play, and he can get away with it. And some of the things that Patrick Mahomes does, and he can get away with. But to get away with them, you got to be really good. You got to prove you can get away with them. And Zach Wilson has not yet proven he can get away with them. In fact. He cannot get away with them, and Devin McCourty and the Patriots were the uh, willing beneficiaries today. The willing recipients of many easy, free INTs. It's a lot easier to get away with it when you play at BYU against inferior competition. Maybe Yo, that's it's a whack. lot easier after you sit on yeah, the WAC or the Mountain West or wherever the hell BYU plays. I, don't know, I call days. it the WAC still. Oh, do they? Okay, it's well. I know that's well, what I call it. I don't think it is. You remember think, Tommy Boy? I don't think, What's your oh, favorite so you're, football you're conference? Member, you're the a card carrying member of a uh, card carrying member of. I still call it Shay, or you know, like yeah, you damn hold right. on to the old titles. Yep, no question. I'm old school. I still think the goalpost should be on the goal line. That's why they're called goalposts. 
That's okay. Well, that's a very fair point. Thank you so much for that Wikipedia entry in today's <laughs> postgame show, Andy. 617-779-7937 is the number. Maybe if Zach Wilson wasn't thrust into the starting role last year, as opposed to having earned it, maybe he would have been able to take the time to not make these mistakes and learn the pro game and get his wild and out-of-control style checked, if you will. But he hasn't, and the Patriots certainly have no quibble or, for, or quorum with that today. Let's go back to the phones. Danny is in Quincy. He wants to talk about today's Patriots win. Hello, Danny. Well, first of all, I worry about our own quarterback and not worry about the Jets. I, I just find it – first of all, I'm angry that, you know, Fox has to shove Dallas and the Giants down our throats. You know, you got San Francisco and the Rams on at 430. That's our notch rival game, NFC West matchup. And i got to watch the Giants, so Seattle. But anyway, <laughs> but I find it <laughs> – you, you guys open up the show, and you don't, after what happened during the week, you have no comments on the quarterback play of Mac Jones today. It took a caller to call That's up. not true. That's not true. Okay, we had a long so conversation you, about that. So Mac. then I missed it. Then yes, what do you, you think of his play today? You never challenged the caller who thought he had a great day. Great friggin' day. What do you have, 161 yards? No one said he had a great game. We said no one, he had a, I mean, the caller, game the caller was very open to giving him a lot of time and a lot of rope, and I mocked that by asking the caller why he thinks Matt Patricia blows, but Mac Jones deserves all the time. But if you had listened to the beginning of the show, you would have heard me say, this was he's still broken. He still has no confidence in his coaching. He still has no confidence in his line. He still has no confidence in the ability to the, of the guys around him to get open. And this is a group problem. This isn't all on Mac Jones. He's not playing well. That. But, but you let, created let, this let, problem. Let, let's go back to the mutual admiration society that was Bill Belichick and uh, Mac Jones today. First of all, Bill Belichick yep. said he got the ball out quick. Ah, wrong. Made good decisions. Ah, wrong. I understand he was under pressure. That strip sack came from his right side. And he had a smile on his face a split second before he got rid of it, never even sensed the guy coming. That needs to be fixed. I don't know if you can coach that. I don't know. Okay, this guy sucked today. And we are lucky to win that game. That guy, yep. that pick six goes the other way. And that, that, that roughing the passer had nothing to do with the throw. So I don't want to hear about he was flustered and caused a throw. He said it was a miscommunication. No. Yeah. So I assume he thinks maybe the receiver ran the wrong route. Yes. You got to throw it away. If the guy's not there, you got to. He's making bad decisions. Bad decisions. So okay. So Danny, and, let and me I'll ask you this right question now. then, Danny. Danny, you're a learned okay. sports fan. You've seen a couple, few, several games in your day, and you always come flying in with an opinion from the top rope. Why do you? This has been a point of conversation for us. So far into the postgame show, and we're going to keep it going all night long. Why do you think Mac Jones doesn't look good now because he didn't look like this last year? But he, but he looked like this. Look at I, you know, I, I get mocked when I say preseason. Is it normal for the starting quarterback to get the first game in preseason? Because or, or, I don't watch much of it. But no. He, okay, it's not. Okay, well, he got the third game against the Raiders. Coming out of that game, his balls look like ducks. He played badly in the games he played this season. This season and coming out of last season, okay. I, I just I don't understand it. He's a, the arrows are going down. The stock is going down. And what's and changed? Some of it's what's not changed? His fault. I'll give you that. Right. What's changed? I don't know. I, I you just, do know. I, He's being coached by a defensive coordinator okay, and a special okay, oh, teams the coach. The sabotage. Okay. I yeah, don't okay. believe it's sabotage. I believe that Bill Belichick trusts his Fitzy, the dependables, well, people he can that, depend okay, on. Do you think they coached him bad today, Andy? 
today. Like, I think there were some bad calls, play calls. I think they lost trust in him. They don't have faith in him. They went for field goals. They stopped allowing him to make plays. I think there's that. But you are reaping the rewards of your idiocy. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. You're reaping the rewards of your idiocy in August and September now. Wait a minute. Kick the field goal. You have, you have a chance to make another stop before the end of the half, and you're getting the ball to come out in the, in the, in the second half. That game was not over. That three points could have made a difference. They, the defense fell asleep. They thought the game was over themselves. They, let one, they fell asleep on the 60-yard play. That put that game in jeopardy. So I'm not, I'm sure. not going to let them off the hook either. You shouldn't. But, no, I, I'm not. I'm calling it fair. But, but, so, but you're going to tell me, go back to you, you, you said what's changed. What's changed? Are you serious with that question? Andy, was today's decision-making the product of, 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 of sabotage coaching? I don't know what sabotage coaching means. Okay. I don't know why you well, keep that throwing the, that, that phrase That was the narrative all week. Okay. By was who? It the product, was it the product of not giving him the play calls all week? I mean, in this game today. Was, was what he did today or did not do no. today the product? Today the was the product show. of no one got open and no one protected him and he didn't play well. That was that what the, okay. the product was. So today. All the others come first. All the others come first. Is that okay. not true? Go Did you the, think the offensive the line stats. played well today? Did you think five the offensive line the played well today? Five out of Did, the six sacks. Absolutely not. Sacks, I would maybe. say two of the six. I would say two of the six were coverage sacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two? Okay, you say two, I say five. We watched a different game. Yeah, we, we did, obviously, because you don't know what's changed this year from last year. Damnedest well, thing, because I thought the offensive no, coordinator gonna, left, but I'm you didn't notice. I'm not going to use that as a scapegoat. You know, I always thought... I always thought that if you're coming up in the ranks as a professional, whatever industry, when you're giving more responsibility, that's a compliment. And you've got to meet the challenge. I, I personally think Belichick's, Belichick's decision last week was more of a motivational tool than anything else. So, I, Danny, let me ask you a question, Danny. Oh, I, I no, 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 Danny, I want to use your philosophy. Danny, you, you, you work with boats, right? You're captain? You're very familiar yes. with boats, comfortable with boats. Yes. Okay, I'm going to put you in a 747 and say take off. I'm not a pilot. I'm, I'm on the ocean. Okay? Thank you. Point my, my proven. Thanks for the call, Danny. Appreciate you, baby. Danny, thank you for the call, sir. We can't do an entire Danny from Quincy podcast. Sometimes we do like to break up the Six Rings postgame show into segments that you can download and listen to and enjoy at your leisure on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else. But after a couple minutes, very good points. Appreciate the opinions and the passion. That's what makes Patriots fans and Pats Nation so wonderful to engage with and be a part of. But we do actually have to keep the show moving. Joining us momentarily will be our pal Christian Fourier from Merloni Fourier and Mego with his takes on the game. As a matter of fact, joining us momentarily now coming to you as we broadcast from our Best Yet Brand studio on the Harbor One hotline, the one, the only Christian Fourier. Christian, are you as fired up as Danny from Quincy right now? I did. I I missed Danny from Quincy. I was uh, Quincy. Uh, Quiznos. We're going to say Quiznos. Danny from Quiznos. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have Jersey Mike on later. We're going to have Ted from Subway. (laughs) Yeah. uh, No, no, I didn't hear him. I was... um, Listen, it was uh, – it, it, it counts. How about that? Like, it mm-hmm. counts. That's all, we, that's, all, that's all that matters. I thought the things that stood out to me, obviously, how unbelievably fortunate and how lucky Mac Jones must feel that that pick six was called back because of a roughing the passer penalty. He must have a horseshoe up his butt because, holy crap, 
that would that literally would have sucked the life out of him. I think he would have just taken his shirt off like Antonio Brown and then left the stadium. <laughs> I, that was amazing. And it would have been the perfect place because he was in the Meadowlands. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's my point. It was. I so I just haven't listened to the whole show, but I just know those that stood out to me. Like uh, it was good for him just to get that out of the way and reclaim his starting spot as bad as it looked. Defensively, listen. I know last week against Justin Fields. You know, he runs for 82 yards, and he a ton of third down, um, you know, plays that he killed him with. And this guy, Zach Wilson, first of all, he's, he's a next-level type of bad. He's freaking horrendous, and I knew this would happen. But they didn't let give him the space like they gave Fields to run. So he had to pass it. He panicked, and he made so many bad plays that when it continued in the fourth quarter, he literally tried to throw it into, like, the, you know, the 300 section of of the of the game, you know, of the stands, it was just bad. It was terrible. Terrible. It was an aw- it was an awful effort uh, by Zach Wilson today. He really was the MVP of the game for the New England Patriots as well. I was saying earlier, Christian, that if the if Mac Jones, we're trying to figure out exactly how and why he's faltering, why he's taking a step back, why he's kind of broken at this point, and how you can fix him. And while there may be some physical and mental issues that need to be worked through, the quickest fix may be just running the entire offense through Ramondre Stevenson at this point because he's obviously the most dynamic playmaker, the most dependable guy on the field on offense for the Patriots, and kind of at this point, as Andy pointed out earlier, can do it all for you. Yeah, he was great. And I was just, if I was going to ask you guys this, because Mac may, has made a bunch of those stupid throws like Zach Wilson has. He made one last week against the Bears. But mm-hmm. if I, who would you bet on who has the better chance of fixing those issues? Would it be Zach Wilson or Mac Jones? Mac Jones, 100 times out of yeah, 100. Yeah, I just, I just 100. I feel like I don't know how it got so bad and ugly, but I do feel like they just, they need, he needs to figure it out. And you're right about Stevenson. I mean, between Jacoby Myers, Andy, and Stevenson, I feel like he they accounted for like half the, the targets in this game. They did. They, they are the offense right now, and that's part of my problem is we're going to fixate on Mac Jones and the regression, but there's a lot of factors at play here. Even beyond, forget Matt Patricia and the scheme and the coaching, let's just look at the tangible things on the field. He has an offensive line that is not playing very well right now, is banged up. Who knows? They don't have a right tackle. They had a backup center in. Cole Strange is getting worse by the week, not better by the week. And then they have the other receivers. Like, Devontae Parker leaves with an injury after the first play, but Kendrick Bourne, irrelevant. Nelson Aguilar, irrelevant. Like, he's not – like, there are factors at play here I feel like we need to address before we even get to Mac Jones, what's the problem, can he fix it, where's he going, because all the rest of it stinks too. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. It's all starting to become more obvious now than it was in the past. And it's almost like I almost feel like I'm like, wow, we're too hard on Mac Jones. Because think about everything that he has to overcome and make up for. You have a crappy offensive line. You get six times, so crap, I can't hold on to it long, a split second longer because I'm going to get sacked. And that's what happened to him today. A lot of those sacks I felt like were his fault because he didn't just throw it away quick enough. That's going to be a learning yep. experience for him. And every time they throw the ball to Aguilar, I yell at the TV. They like, just stop doing it. <laughs> oh, I, I yell at like the That's funny. I yell at the sky. <laughs> yeah, he's just worthless. And I've never, like, they've never, they, they, they need Thornton to be, like, like great now. Like, they, they need him to be great in a hurry. 
because he's really the only guy that can seriously, you know, strike some fear into these secondaries, especially the safeties and the, the deep half of the field with his ability to run. Because right now, they're just the offense feels restricted and constricted. It's like we're only going to work in a small, like, void of the defense because we're too fearful to throw it outside. We don't want to risk it throwing deep, and we have to get rid of it in a hurry. So with all those variables, with all those issues and circumstances, you're left with a very boring, predictable offense. So you'll beat the Jets because Zach Wilson is an idiot, but you won't beat any of the teams that like, are, are competent at all. Christian Fourier from Merloni, Fourier, and Mego joining us right now on the Harbor One Hotline. Christian, did you notice, we were mentioning earlier, did you notice that the Patriots' offense for just a, I won't say brief window, but for a period of time, I want to say in the third quarter when they came out with the ball, and I think they lead that nice statement drive, a lot of Mondre, some Myers, Mack looked competent. They were in tempo, and they used to do that last year, come out in second halves. They did it in the preseason last year when Mack beat out Cam. They came out in tempo. He looks so much more comfortable when he's running an up-tempo offense. Quick passes, quick decisions, doesn't hold on to the ball for but maybe a second and a half. Why don't they do that more often? Why can't they get it through their heads that this is what works for this kid? Why are they? It seems like everyone, you were saying like everything is kind of slow. It's a, they have restrictor plates on. It's a granny panty offense. Why, why are they like so married to something that's not working? Why can we see what they can't? Well, I would say, well, that system works great when when it works, but right. when it doesn't, you, you know, it's three and out, and you've taken off, you know, thirty seconds off the clock. So there is some, you know, risk with that also. But, but some of the also, passes are running plays, Christian. Sorry to interrupt, but some of them no, are running. Like, I know, I know, I know. But I do think I listen. I like that style. I think Mac likes that style because I feel like he feels protected that way. Right? He's in control. He re, he kind of sets everything up, and it allows him just to get the defense on its heels where it's not like an obvious uh, Cannon's going to miss his block, Strange is going to miss his block. I think most quarterbacks like the up-tempo. They like the rhythm. They don't like the defense subbing players in and out. they got to keep the same personnel group up there the whole time. It, re- it limits the amount of defenses that they can run and the coverage that they can run because now you're only dealing with one personnel grouping. So you, as a quarterback, you feel like you have the advantage, right? And, and then you feel like your guys are better than their guys that are stuck on the field. So – Listen, I'm with you. I'm with you on that part. I just feel like the whole – like, they don't have an identity on offense. It's just, you know, you know, snap and survive, you know, and hope you don't destroy it. That's their offense. There's no, there's no you know, rhyme or reason to their offense, right? I couldn't tell you who they are. I, I mean, as far as – you can look at all the other good offenses and you can define them, but not this offense at all. Perky-jerky, stale, you know, opportunistic – Nick Folk? I mean, that's their offense. Nick Folk, that's your offense. <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers, and pray for a penalty. That's the offense right now. And yeah, hey, they got to God. Isn't it good worked. luck? What happens if you don't get the penalty, though, Andy? Well, then you're porked. Or if the other team's better and doesn't give you extra chances, <laughs> yeah. then you're porked. And that's just the reality. And that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you do you take it? Is there anything in this game today other than maybe Stevenson that you feel like you can build on? Or was this just one of those like you got the win? Zach Wilson really helped you out, and you still don't have any more answers eight games into the year than you were looking for when August ended. No, I don't. I, like, it's a good question because what can you build? I'm like, it's almost mm-hmm. like, okay, what are we going to be optimistic about in four weeks? 
Like after when four weeks, you have the you have the Colts, you have the bye, you have the Jets again. Yep. Week three, three weeks, four weeks from now, we're like, all right, now this we can do this. Stevenson. I don't know what it is. Like I, I'll tell you what it is. Stevenson's already established though. He but needs more. A, he needs a, he needs a sidekick. <laughs> Thornton. That's what I would say. Okay. Thornton needs to be the guy. He needs to use his speed. He needs to be a threat. They need to incorporate him into. I would start him, and I wouldn't take him out. That's what I would do. I would start him. I need a fast track. Devontae Parker, to your point, Andy, you said this long ago. He ain't trustworthy. He isn't. He's like hurt, and every time he catches a pass, I feel like he's going to limp off the field. Yep. You know. So let the young guy play. Let him play. Let those guys build up a relationship, some sort of chemistry. Because right now, he, the only chemistry he has is Jacoby Myers and Stevenson. That's it, and that's too and that's too easy to guard. And we need, yeah, we need another option as well. We did see a couple of John o. Smith sightings earlier, but I'm with you. If this season is, you, you know, you're not so foolishly like all the Jets fans I spoke to before the game, Christian, trying to compete with Buffalo. You're not up there with Kansas City. This isn't a Super Bowl season. This is an improve your quarterback, develop the team, and see who your keepers and tentpole players are as you go about Bill Belichick 3.0 Patriots. That's what this is all about. So get those guys out there as well. And I'll leave you with this. Um, you know, the way that the way that we go about talking here at the radio station when the Patriots have a, a really tough loss and oh, it's another moral victory Monday here on WEI. Andy coined the phrase earlier today. It's a moral loss Monday for the Patriots on WEI. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like that because it does. It's like I'm trying to find the reverse to, to that, which is which is perfect, because it feels like they're all going to get yelled at today, like tomorrow. Yep. Like they're all yep. going to get yelled at. Uh, this is when you overcoach it. This is when you scold them and you make fun of them and you like highlight all the stupid plays. And then they feel like crap, even though they won and they leave shaking their head. Like what's going on, man? I thought we did good. No, uh, uh-uh. they need, they need, they need to create a better standard for themselves. And right now this ain't it. You can hear him tomorrow from 2 to 6 on WEI with Patriots quarterback Mac Jones scheduled to call into the show at some point. Uh, Christian Fourier, at Christian Fourier on Twitter. And, of course, uh, Christian, I loved the Halloween costume last night. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Can we please keep, can we please keep that between us, please? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I didn't see it. What was it? Fitzy, Fitzy, you're my friend, right? You're my no. Buddy. Tell I, me. I got you, I got you, Christian. I did not name check your IG, and I'll leave it, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Andy, I'll text you a photo just so you can enjoy a side laugh because <laughs> Fourier's our pal. All right. The one, the only uh, Christian Fourier on. calling into the Six Rings postgame show. Love you, pal. Take it easy. Later. Zach, this team, the Patriots, they, I, you haven't been here for this whole streak, but obviously guys talked this week about getting kind of payback from last year. Yeah, we'll have these guys in two weeks. Mm, hmm, hmm, hmm. Well, well, well. Actually, it's three weeks, Zach, because the Patriots have a bye. First they play the Colts, then they have a bye, and then you guys play again. It'll be up in Foxborough, and... We'll see if the Patriots crowd will be as fired up, as cocksure and confident as the Jets fans were today as well, Andy. Very terse from Zach Wilson, almost like he knows he screwed up but didn't want to talk about it. This is the Six Rings postgame show on WEI. Fitzy, Hart, and you. Um, was that almost a little, Was that dare I say, was that snooty or snotty? Uh, yeah, there was some tone there. Snippy, mm-hmm. snooty, snotty. There was some S word uh, in there. S-word. Yeah, we'll have these guys in two weeks. Yeah. Ooh, watch well, out, Patriots. Zach Wilson's coming for you. I kind of like it. You got to be who okay. you are. 
And he's a cocksure quarterback, as you mm-hmm. said. He is that guy. And I think there's a little bit, and maybe I'm reading way too much into this. Probably he knows it's okay. that He knows that if he didn't F up today, they got a good chance to win the game. That he gave the game away, and I think that's him saying, I'm not going to make the same mistake. We got them in two weeks. We'll see what happens that time around. I like it because if you're the number two pick in the draft and the the white headband and the whole cocky persona, mm-hmm. and you start acting humble, you know what I think you are? Toast. Done. You got to be who you are. And he's cocky. So go down being cocky. Be yourself. Be dangerous. Be maverick. We had the danger zone coming in. Be maverick. Be that guy. Mike is out in Chicopee joining the Six Rings post game show. Hello, Mike. Hey, Andy. Hey, Fifty. How are you guys doing? Great. Hey, so um, just real quick. I mean, I know you guys already touched on this game feels like more of a Jets loss than a Patriots win. Mm-hmm. I get that. But my, my thing is with Mac is how he is going about his progressions and how he looks off his first pretty well. But once he gets to his second, he starts patting, he starts happy feet and that's a, it's a serious problem. And that's why he's just going to Myers or Stevenson. And it, it's going to be easy for a defense to just zone in on those two. And it's just, it's going to be a problem when they start facing better teams. And, and it's kind of depressing. Uh, it's just my opinion. <laughs> you know, Mike, actually, hold tight there for a sec. I think, you uh, you know, uh, it's a point we've been making for a while here in the first two hours of the postgame. Uh, I think that's why Christian Fourier, during his call a few minutes ago, you probably heard when you are on hold, was saying, like, get Thornton in there all the time now because you got to stretch this field. You know, Phil Perry had made the point last year of teams only playing single high safety so often against the Patriots because there was no downfield threat. Nobody was afraid of the Patriots going vertical and opening the field up. And if it's just going to be checked out, quick slant to Myers, out in the flat to Myers, uh, screen pass to Ramondre, like, yeah, the field is going to start getting real tight and real short because teams won't be respecting any sort of threat or vertical attack from the Pats. Yeah, exactly. That's And that's why, like, these screen passes to the tight ends aren't working because – the safeties and or corners that are covering are just staying for, are just staying forward, and they're, they're, they're and so it's going to be a problem. I don't know if it's a hundred percent a Max thing, but it, it it is a coaching thing too. But Max just he's got to get better, and I'm not saying Bailey is the end all be all. I don't think he is it either. It just Max has got to get better, or this team is just going to be a 500 team. And it's it's not going to get any better throughout the year. Appreciate well, the call, my man. Thanks so much for hanging in there, uh, it, it, Andy. It's thoughts. certainly a five hundred team at yes. best, um, mm-hmm. and I would argue be, yeah. it's yeah. talent related. Like the the scenario he just brought up, basically saying like if it's not Myers or Stevenson, he's got nobody. Was if you recall the documentary on might have been the two thousand nine one NFL films when Bill is drawing up Moss and Welker, and he goes. Mm-hmm. If you take away Moss deep and you take away Welker underneath, we're done. And I'm thinking, yeah, but who can do that? You got two elite all-pro borderline hall, one Hall of Famer and one borderline Hall of Fame caliber player. So Bill was worried about that back then when the talent was significantly greater. Now we're talking about Jacoby Myers, who God bless him is a good player, but mm-hmm. he's not dangerous. He's not dangerous. And no, I he's still go back D-word. to he's just dependable, but he's not dangerous. Exactly. But dependable 
Like, he's death by a thousand cuts. Like, yeah, you can hit him for 11. You can hit him for 12. And if you get five more of those, then I'll be worried because then you'll be on the goal line. Right? Like, And, and mm-hmm. we're talking about Stevenson as an ascending player and a talent, and maybe he kind of becomes that go-to guy. But the reality is I'd freak out if, if my first option wasn't open and I were Mac too because if my first option isn't open, that was probably my best option. The, guy, the play was designed for that guy to be open against this look. Uh-oh, he's not open. Going to my second option, he's probably not open because he's never open. Uh-oh, if I try to go to my third option, I'm going to get nailed because you know who else I don't trust? The right tackle or the left guard on this play. Like, and that's he's gonna, Yeah, he's going to get crushed. No, you're yeah, right. That's yeah, his reality also- right now, and that's why I've turned into a little bit of a, of a Mac apologist because the reality is – we give too much credit to the quarterback, and then we give too much blame to him when it goes wrong. That's like Tom Brady, human nature of sports yeah. fandom. Yes, Tom Brady's struggling right now. He's got better weapons. His line stinks. The offense is out of whack. Oh, they don't like the play awful. calling, and they're not good. He's still Tom Brady. He's still the goat. I'm not saying he's perfect. He's made bad throws, just like Mac Jones has made bad throws. But the reality is, we fixate on the quarterbacks at all costs, and Mac to the nth degree. And it's even more unfair, in my opinion, with Mac going into second season, new offense, all those other things we've talked about, because I, I wouldn't trust it either. I would have confidence issues as Mac, too, because I've watched this offense and these players, they don't get open. They don't make plays. The schemes don't work. There's none of those crazy, oh, my God, the guy's wide open. He schemed that up nice. Like, there just isn't. And I think some of it is what the caller said, some respect. There was a Sauce Gardner tackle on... Was it an early Myers. screen? He was like two yards behind the line of yes. screens, right? Great tackle. And, and he, he, as the as I think Charles Davis said, Sauce Gardner never went backwards. He was never afraid. He was coming up at all. You know why? Because he doesn't fear anything. He doesn't fear Myers blowing by him. He doesn't fear what's behind him. He's coming up to make a play, and there's nothing to – Ty Law said it last year, and I think it's the same this year. If you're Ty Law, who are you fearing on this offense? Nobody. Mm-mm. No, and when they do try to go deep, the shot plays to Devontae Parker, the 50-50 balls, they were successful against the Ravens. Except, whoops, he went out after the first play today. Thornton is not being utilized in a deep capacity. And the most electric play, if you will, as a pass play from Mac Jones this year was a long touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar on a ball that actually Aguilar had to climb the back of the cornerback of and snatch away from him and then take it into the six-point house. They're all very risky plays. Like, the deep game is just non-existent for the Patriots now, and they're going to have to find a way to open it up and fix it. Otherwise, safeties, corners will all be crowding down the box. They're all going to be coming closer to the line of scrimmage, and it's going to start to look like the end of last season all over again, except it may be sooner than the end of the season that we'll be feeling the crunch on the Patriots offense. How do we fix Mac Jones? How do you feel about the Patriots defense? And who played great and who didn't? Thumbs up, thumbs down with Andy Hart when we come back. Callers will get to you as well. From our Best Yet brand studio, this is our number three of the Six Rings postgame show from WEI and all across the WEI Sports Radio Network. Your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens here at the helm alongside Andy Jumbo Hart. The lines, well, we might have a line open for you at 617-779-7937. Andy Yes, we are treating this appropriately. I believe that it's more of a Jets loss than a Patriots win. But, of course, when somebody loses, someone else has to technically win. So the Pats escape the Meadowlands, if you will, with the dub today, which they desperately needed. Not necessarily the confidence boost that we were hoping for, but still a win that brings them back to 500. Now they have nine games to go. 
to prove whether they are a playoff-worthy team, but also if they can make the kind of improvements they need to make to catch up to the Kansas Cities and the Buffaloes in the not-too-distant football future. Uh, before we get to thumbs up, thumbs down, we've had a couple callers that have been hanging on for a while. Matt is in Rhode Island. Hello, Matt. How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, 50, that, that uh, content you got from the tailgate, that's gold. I could listen to that all day long. Oh, my friend, listen, there's a couple of them I put on the at Fitzy GFY uh, TikTok and Instagram and also WEEI as well. I got about 25 more of those. I'll be cutting together a comp reel of all of the best oh. of the cockiest and most absurd Jets fans. <laughs> Matt, I drove into a giant episode of The Sopranos today. It was just glorious. There was, I was covered in gabagool and cigar spit, and I'll tell you, knowing that the Patriots got the win and they drove home sad, it was worth every dirty second of it. Absolutely. And Hart, I read an article back at the beginning of the season. I mean, you said it. Folk was the second best player on the team or first best. I forget. I forget what your article said, but you nailed that. Yeah, I had him number two. I had Judon one and I had Folk two. And I don't know. I feel I still feel pretty good about those. Ramondre Stevenson may be coming up fast on the outside, joining that uh, top five type mix. But yeah, without Nick Folk, you'd yeah. be poor. So, um, you know, obviously, Max didn't have a lot of time. With uh, Ferris in there and their nose tackle, just, you know, throwing him around. Who's, he's a heck of a player and um, all day long. You know, I still don't think they don't know how to space plays properly. And in uh, the fourth down play, when you have a fourth down play that you're going to call, you got to make sure, like, that's, you know, this is the one we've, we've run. We know this is going to come out. So it was a great play fake by Mac, and then it didn't seem like the receivers knew where the hell they were going. So that's, that's just, like, questionable to me what's going on. Um, just let me bring this last point up. Please. Last last year, free agency, breaking news. First player signed, at, you know, Nelson Algar. I was like, what the hell is going on? It just didn't seem like at all like he was a Patriots player for all that money. And then you got Janu Smith, you know, on the he, so he got all that money. So if you just think about it, like the lack of identifying talent, free agent players, if you put two like decent playmakers on our offense, substitute them out. You know what I'm saying? Then yep. you might have something. But I think Fourier, what Fourier said was was perfect. Like it's just a terrible, it's a terrible offense. And and uh, just last, like um, Hart, you always say Jad, like just another, just another guy. Yep. I, I got Jack. Just another team, baby. Just they're just another team now. All right. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Good call, Matt. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you very much. The Patriots are a the, so basically in the NFL right now. We've got three teams and then 29 Jets. Now, the other Jets, if you will, just another team. A lot of new phrases and acronyms and uh, catchy lingo we've tossed around on today's postgame show from Moral Loss Monday to just another team. Uh, you know, the other te- like there are some just another teams that are exciting to watch, like, you know, Atlanta. You never know what you're going to get from them every week. The first place Atlanta Falcons, uh, if you will. And then there are teams like the Patriots that are just having a difficult time being exciting, dynamic, or look, I know sexy is not ne- is not necessary for winning or successful football, but this is about as far from sexy football, if you will, as I can remember watching. And Andy, to Matt and Fourier's point, so last year, Aguilar had 64 targets, 37 catches, less than 500 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. So far, we're about halfway through this season. He's played in six games. He started three, 20 targets, 14 catches, 225 yards receiving, one touchdown. And for that, he'll be paid $22 million. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's irrelevant. He just he really is. And I mean, that's part of the problem, like the money invested. And Robert Kraft talked about it in the spring return on investment. John o. Smith. Nope. Nelson Aguilar. Nope. Jalen Mills. He's fine. Uh, you're certainly mm. getting return on investment. Matthew Judon. That's that's a very good signing. Yep. Um, I think some people would Remember question. Born was that was fun. Yeah, he's irrelevant now. Doesn't he? I believe he had one target today. Didn't you know? No catches, one target, not part of the mix. Um, and even, and this is going to happen. And and I know Christian emphasized turn things over to Tyquan Thornton, give him the shot. But you got to remember, he's still a rookie. These guys are rookies. Like we were rah rah shishkumba about the rookies when they were all making plays against the Browns. Well, today Jack Jones. He was part of the touchdown allowed late. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, miscommunication on a pick six that you got luckily wiped out by a penalty, but also had that drop on the crossing pattern earlier. Those crossing patterns are opportunities for plays for him. So, you know, he's not quite where we thought he'd be. Obviously, the running backs are out of the mix because you're healthy there now. Cole Strange takes a step back, has a couple penalties, gives up a sack. So there's... There's a lot of, I keep saying this, there's a lot of factors as to why they are this middling team that they are. But along those lines, I wanted to, um, I put up a poll a little mm-hmm. while ago. It's been up, yes. I don't know, hour now. Um, and I said, Patriots are 4-4, four and four, nine games to play, plenty to improve on. Is there a better chance that they, question, win 10 or more games or lose 10 or more games? Better chance. Do you want to vote before I tell you how the voting is going? Uh, your four and four New England Patriots. I'm going to go to this right now at Jumbo Hart on the yeah, tweet go vote. machine. Go vote. Better chance that they win ten or more games, or yeah. boom. Oh, all right. I voted. Sixty percent of Patriots fans, because I assume most of my followers are Patriots fans. Sixty percent of Patriots fans believe this team will lose ten or more games, so that this is a seven win team this is a team that is going to go three and six over the next nine games or worse those are according to your according to your voters in said twitter poll yes Uh, it's a very scientific sampling it's actually a quinnipiac uh run mm -hmm. poll just so you know is it really yes yes well my wife went there so i feel like i can align myself to it excellent so uh let's take a look at the remainder of the schedule uh, of course, next week they are back home against Sam Ellinger, and the I said that correctly. Maybe not even Jonathan Taylor. He was injured earlier. We'll catch you up on that in a few. Ooh, minutes. It's all falling into place. It is. See, He's back. He the just Colts. fumbled. Who did? Jonathan Taylor. Oh, he came back in and just fumbled. Brilliant. Love to hear it. The one-dimensional Colts with fumbling Jonathan Taylor and Sam Ellinger come to town next week at one o'clock. I'm going to dub that one, Andy. So we're going to be five and four heading into the bye. Huh. Then you so got a very just, we're angry, just passing out wins now. An angry, vengeful, cocky, attitude-laden Zach Wilson and the New York Jetropolitans coming to Foxborough on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I'm going to give the Patriots a W in that one too. Ooh, Look so at this. You have them at six and four. Six and four. But then Ooh. Thanksgiving night, dun, Patriots dun, at the Vikings. Uh... L. There's a chance they win because primetime Kirk Cousins is two and thirty-seven. I think he runs his record to three and thirty-seven that night. Wow, you're going against the numbers. Mm-hmm. Wow, December first. Oh, it's another late one. Great, I love a midnight postgame show. Me too. Bills at Patriots. We are six and six. <laughs> if we're lucky, if they don't the take away the franchise, the night, do they punt? <laughs> then we go to Arizona, site of Super Bowl 57. This is the one time Pats fans will likely be in Arizona this year, unless they want to go cheer on the Eagles and the Bills in the Super Bowl. Patriots at Cardinals. 
win. Oh, I don't know if you can pencil that one in. Patriots. What is Kyler Murray? What is Kyler Murray? A human being and a Call of Duty player. Also an athletic young quarterback. An athletic young quarterback. And a mistake-prone quarterback who trusts his arm and his athletic talent too much. But if he doesn't give it away like Zach Wilson did, then you could be in trouble. Also, so is Justin Fields. Right. Turn your mic off, producer Nick LePan. That's enough from you. (laughs) Good point. December 18th, Patriots at Raiders. Oh, actually, producer Nick LePan, did you happen to get that little... um, snippet of audio that i passed you earlier from uh josh mcdaniel's current raiders head coach one second all right he's going to endeavor that andy um josh mcdaniel's uh, spoke to the media after today's thrilling raiders shutout loss hmm. to hmm. the uh new orleans saints uh it was uh quite uh it was something else to say the least uh i think the patriots have a chance in that game as well well, yeah, they have a chance, but Bill has not done great against his former assistants recently, and they certainly have the offensive weapons to put up some points. And to I know it doesn't show based on what they did today, score wise, but mm-hmm. you know they have good weapons. They should have a good offense, and it could challenge this Patriots defense. So, right, are you was, penciling uh, in a win? Uh, I say that's a win. Uh, Christmas so you Eve, they host the Bengals. <clears throat> Merry Christmas, Dad. I hope you like the Patriots losing uh, on Christmas Eve. On New Year's Day, wow, so many holiday games. Dolphins at the Patriots, cold weather Tua. I'm going to give the Patriots the W, and then they wrap it up. <laughs> January 8th in Buffalo. <laughs> You're just handing out wins like they're M&Ms tomorrow night. You know what? For a Nine team and that's 4-4 four and four and just Nine taking and gift wins. 9-8. <laughs> but you're just like, I'm going to give them a win. I'm going to pencil in a win. Sure. I'm going to give them a win. Hey, I don't know listen, how you can do that. I'm allowed to. When you host the when I'm not here and you host the show, you can hand out wins like just Twix, like... Sour Patch Kids, or little bags of M&Ms yourself. I'm going to give them a win. I got them at 13 and 4. I said 9 and 8, you knucklehead. Oh, God, Fitzy. You're the best. Oh, listen, somebody's got to be the Foxborough fraud. Uh, and put a little excitement in this postgame. All right, hold on, uh, Nick LePan, before we catch you up on uh, trending sports news, let's hear from, this is fascinating, let's uh, let's hear from Raiders coach Josh McDaniels earlier today following his team being put on the schneid against the Saints. It's my responsibility, so um, I have to do a much better job of getting ourselves ready to go here. Um, that's that's We're better than that, and, uh, you know, I apologize to Raider Nation for, for that performance, and uh, again, I own that. Uh, that's that's my responsibility. So we have to do much better, obviously, uh, in, in every phase of the game uh, to be able to compete with a team like that who's well-coached, has good players. Uh, they obviously came ready to play and um, they did a much better job than we did. So it starts with me, and uh, we're going to work hard. We're going to fix it. Does that sound familiar, Andy? Yes. Starts well, with me. Got to be better. Got to yeah. do better. Outcoached. Yeah, except sounds they're two and five. Yeah, they, but they're two and five. He's been saying that for the bulk of this season as that um, star-laden offense that everybody expected to go to the next right. level and Adams and 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 the like quick passing game. Like everybody thought it was going to be the perfect fit. They had all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Now you bring in the offensive genius, and it just hasn't worked. Like I looked at it today, and I know the the Saints are talented and they have a good defense. That's fine. They had. 3.3 yards per play today, 38 yards rushing, 145 yards passing, 183 yards of total offense for the Las Vegas Raiders who have talent up and down the roster with Adams and Renfro. And I don't know if Waller played today. I think he was inactive. But 
Um, well, he's been a non-factor all season. Josh McDaniels has yep. taken two assets that Shime and I on the Six Rings pod, Chris Shime and I both made, believed made the Las Vegas Raiders must-watch NFL this year. We thought that they were going to be impossible to get off the field on third down because of the combination of Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and Hunter Renfro. And Josh McDaniels has only gotten the most possibly, I guess, if you will, out of Josh Jacobs intermittently. Otherwise, Devontae Adams, I'll almost say down season so far. And Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, garbage season so far. Right. So and you you announced that uh, clip. You, you led into that as saying it's the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. We should announce it as the future offensive coordinator of your New England Patriots, hopefully. Oh Some point, can you so. imagine? It would be the greatest this, thing ever. If, he's won if Jamie Collins there, can come back like three or four times, why can't Josh McDaniels? How much money is Mark Daniels? Excuse me. Not, yeah, Mark Daniels of Mass Live is got. How much money is he going to have to eat? How much money is is uh, Mark Davis going to have to eat on that one? Well, you know, that's what happens when you uh, make mistakes. Although I think he's making good money in that stadium and the ticket prices and everything that's going right. on out there. He, yeah, he's come a long way from zone. his. He's not in the black hole anymore in terms of business. He's in Las Vegas. He printing money even though they're not good. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number if you'd like to get in touch with us here on the Post Game Show. Of course, we are brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi.com. That's Z-U-D-Y dot com for your free trial. Breaking down the game that was. Fitzy and Hart on the Six Rings Post Game Show here on WEI. Patriots 22, Jetropolitan 17. It wasn't all bad, but it wasn't all great. That's why we have things to look forward to after every game, like Andy Hart's thumbs up, thumbs down, the first thing posted after every Patriots contest at WEI.com. Andy, walk us through. Let's be, you know what? Because you said it's going to be a moral loss Monday at WEI, let's get the thumbs down out of the way first so we can try oh. to turn the page and focus on the Pats positive afterwards. So let's begin with thumbs down for a change. Okay, so uh, first on my thumbs down, uh, right tackles. Isaiah Wynn, Marcus Cannon. Isaiah Wynn, your former first-round pick, is back in uniform, but not back in the starting lineup. Marcus Cannon is in the starting lineup, but not playing well. Gave up a sack. Um, gave up the, I guess, not a strip sack, but when he the, the hit that led to the interception. He, he got beat by the Hughes guy, uh, mm-hmm. hit Mac Jones, ball fluttered up in the air and was picked off. Um, you have a problem at right tackle. You don't seem to have an answer. I know some people are thinking maybe Isaiah Wynn, they're getting calls on him. Maybe he could be traded. Might as well if you're not going to play him, not going to start him. Um, I'm wondering if Yodney just gets an opportunity. He was activated from IR this week. But uh, right tackle was a problem against the, the Jets, and it's been a problem basically most of the season between penalties and, and pass rush. They just haven't been very good over there. Still not, still not good. Um, then I went with the trio. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jonu Smith. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of athleticism. That's a lot of hope prior to last season and maybe even prior to this season. And you get absolutely nothing out of it. They had four catches for 12 yards on six targets. Bourne did not have a catch. Uh, He is now supposedly healthy, so you can't say the um, toe injury that he's been dealing with is the issue. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he has now had one or fewer catches in four straight games. He is just an absolute non-factor, as is Aguilar. John, funny thing is, Jonu Smith was actually the productive one today. He had that first down uh, play where he kind of spun in the air and got, got past the sticks, but he wasn't really productive. He was just the most productive of these three. These guys, mm-hmm. like, that's a problem. Like, that money, that investment, those, that, those athletes, you're getting absolutely nothing out of it. 
And then I also said pass protect. Think of it as a sunk cost now, Andy. Like it's just it's like some of some of these guys might just be a write off at this point, and it wouldn't surprise me. And we can get to this in the next break if one or several of them are dealt away at the deadline. Because what are they doing for the team right now? Oh, I don't know if who you replace them with. If you can trade any anybody named Win Cannon, Aguilar, Bourne, and Smith, I would trade them. Bourne would be the one that I'm still. He would be the one I would least want to trade because I'm still trying to hold out hope that he can get back to what I thought he was going to be this year or at least what he was last year when he was your second-best receiver, your best playmaker. Um, And then I went pass protection in general stunk. It wasn't just the right tackles, particularly Cole Strange. I thought he struggled. I know you had put him in Canton recently. Um, You might need to get a refund on that. I'm not sure he actually has a permanent home in the Hall of Fame after today's well, he game. Went for, he went for his jacket fitting. They didn't start construction on the bus yet. Okay, good, good. They might want to hold off on that because uh, he's taken a step back the last couple of weeks. I don't think he stinks. I, you know, I still think he's undersized. Um, I forgot who it was last week that just absolutely grabbed him and bent him over backwards. Um, it was Quinn Robert and William. Quinn, wasn't it? No, I think it, it was... Um, was it was it Pennell or Justin Jones? I mean, one of the three of them. Their whole the Bears line yeah. last week was ferocious. But you know, he he struggled with that. He got and these are guys that are good. You know, Quinn and Williams is good. He allowed a sack to him that forced a field goal. Um, but you know, he's a first round pick. He's supposed to. I think he needs to get bigger. I don't think he's big enough and strong enough right now. I think that's going to be the an trunk. issue. For him. I've told you before. They they talked about the fact that he's upper body very strong, but he needs to work on his lower body strength. I think he needs strength everywhere. I, I don't think he's strong enough and stout enough anywhere. So I think that's uh, something he'll have to build on. And and that was it. I didn't want to go overboard. I thought I listed since I listed a number of players. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was it. So you want to get positive now? They did win. Yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you this as we as we turn towards no, hold on, it's the dialogue. Let us embrace the debate. That's what post game shows are for. Where would Mac Jones fall in if you if I forced you to put him on one of the lists? You can't. Damn it. That's why they're lists. That's why there's an up and a down, but not everybody makes it. Otherwise, I would have 45 guys on these lists. There's a select few ups, there's a select few downs, and then there's everybody else in the middle who probably had some good and some bad. I think Mac Jones had some good and some bad. I don't think he was horrific. I don't think he was great. I think he was part of the problem on some of the pressures and sacks. I think he missed some throws. I think he made some good throws. Like, all in all, as I said to you, based not only on his performance but his tone in the postgame, I think this was a a little itsy-bitsy, teeny step forward today as he tries to glue himself back together and figure it out and make good with what he had. He needs to pull the old take chicken you know what and try to make offensive chicken salad. He does not have great ingredients. He doesn't have a great chef working with him, a sous chef, but he's got to figure it out right now. But I thought he was I thought he was middle of the road. I don't think he was terrible, although the game changed. I would I would actually argue the middle of the road was also middled by halftime because it looked like the bottom was going to fall out on that pick six. Game over. And then he comes out to start the second half, and they go right down the field, get a touchdown. That's huge. That's huge right there for him, for his confidence, for the team, You know, the, for the CBS crew that was predicting that we were going to see Bailey Zappi in the second half. So a little teeny bit of positivity there, I would say. Yeah, the red zone issue has got to get cleaned up. It continues to be the dread zone. Uh, they come down there, and they get to the 18, the, the 14, the 17, and it's just like, okay, I'm looking forward to them maybe making their way to the seven. And then on third and one, they'll throw. On second and one, they'll run into the line. They're super predictable. It just happens the, the same way over and over again. And you know who that fa- – I mean, sure, the players have to execute the plays that are called. I get it. But the play calling has got to get a little more creative because you're just going to have to do, like you said, find ways 
to take the box of ingredients you're presented with, however gourmet or however pedestrian and mismatched they are, and cook up something spectacular. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to live in between the lines, uh, otherwise known as the land of the irrelevant in the wonky 2022 NFL. All right, let's go thumbs up. Uh, just real quick, I'm not sure I need you to cook anything spectacular. Just don't cook anything that's going to give me food poisoning or have me on the toilet or in <laughs> the don't hospital. Don't get me sick. Yeah, don't get me sick. Like, just give, give me, me a meal. Yeah, yes. give me a meal that will sustain me for another day or another couple days. That's what I'm looking for. But, yes, the positivity, we've touched on it throughout the first three hours. I don't know how you could watch that game and not be excited about Ramondre Stevenson, a budding star for your New England Patriots. Uh, first run of the day was 14 yards. I know some people are critical. Oh, he missed a cutback. No, 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 he made the right cut. Watch it. Don't do a still photo. Watch the whole play and see it how it unfolds. Let him be an athlete. Um, he had 71 yards rushing, 72 yards receiving. If I got my numbers right, nearly 150 yards from scrimmage. He caught seven passes. He was the offense for most of the game. Ramondre Stevenson proving he is a special athlete. In case you didn't know it, you, you listen to it a lot because Charles Davis likes him some uh, Ramondre Stevenson, too. Oh, yeah. The broadcast crew was all up in the biz of Ramondre Stevenson, and they were all over the ish of Zach Wilson today. You can read more about that at WEI.com. Continue, please. Jacoby Myers, the other basically only uh, reliable aspect of the offense, and we know this. This is going on three years. He's been one of the truly only consistent active, productive parts of the offense. But he was that again. He had a couple third-down conversions early, um, had the five-yard touchdown on fourth down to get in the end zone, which has been something, A, this team has struggled with, and he struggled with with his career, but the last couple weeks he's been getting in the end zone. He obviously had the zappy touchdown last week, gets one from Mac Jones this week, had uh, nine catches of the 12 balls that uh, were thrown Mm -hmm. his way, 60 yards and a touchdown. You know, I think that's who he is. And, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I think he had a good game. If you try to ask him to do too much, that's a you problem, not a him problem. And that's, that's where I get into the debate with, in, with Fourier about how good he is. Is he a playmaker? Is he Welker? Is he this? Is he that? But he's a really good player. You need him. You needed him today. Uh, and he was the uh, passing or the, uh, the wide receiver part of the combo with Stevenson that helped you uh, get the victory. Next, obviously, Nick Folk. I just tweeted it out, hoping somebody will answer it for me. Five field goals for the second time in a month. He had five field goals to beat the Lions. Five field goals again today. Yes, that is 15 points you needed on your way to 22 points. So he had 16 of your 22 points today. Even had one from plus 50. I know everybody thinks he's just an inside of 50 guy. Had one outside of 50 in the fourth quarter to try to uh, ice the game and put it away. Um, You're right. It's a bad sign for your red zone offense that Mm -hmm. your kicker has two five field goal games in a month. But... You got wins in those games, and the reality is you needed those points. And Nick Folk, as you call him, Big Kick Nick, is just that damn good. Uh, But he was not the only good aspect of the special teams today. Kickoff coverage was very good. Josh Bledsoe, uh, early in the game, dropped uh, Braxton Berrios at the 18. And then Brendan Schooler downed him at the 17. So they covered Braxton Berrios, who was not afraid to return it very well. And then your guy, Marcus Jones, had a nice punt return, 32 yards. Mm -hmm. Got it down to Jets 27. And unfortunately, that was, uh, I believe, one of the uh, folk field goals. They were not able to maximize it uh, down there. But um, special teams has been inconsistent this year they've had some down games the kickoff coverage the punt return I I thought they were pretty good today on the whole obviously with Nick Folk and then last but not least Devin McCourty 
I'm not sure he, you know what, the first interception, he made a nice athletic play, kind of to stay in bounds, catch it as he went to his knees. I think the a second lot of us thought was, he was actually out of bounds on that one, Andy. It was close, but I think he was in bounds. I never saw anything to prove that he was out of bounds, so I would have gone with the, what do they say? Um, upon review, it's not confirmed, but it's, you, you don't overturn it. I'm not sure video sh- evidence. Yeah. It uh, stands. He, yeah, it stands. I think that one stands. should stand. The call stands on the field. He was in bounds. First of his two interceptions, courtesy of Zach Wilson. Didn't know this, though. 32nd and 33rd of his career, most among active NFL players. So your and guy, he said Devin at the McCoy. podium after the game, it's because he's old. It yeah, is because he's old. He's such a good guy. I he's love talking to him on a weekly basis when he comes in. He's just so, like he joked about the quarterback thing this week. I put it in the Sunday 7. He said, you know, not me. I've had too many shoulder surgeries. Unless we go triple option, like he could run the triple option for him if needed. But uh, I actually think he's lost a step. But we don't need to go down that road right now. Looks like he's running a little slower to me when he's chasing That's, down some of these I know, and look what happens when the Patriots lose Kyle Duggar. Josh Bledsoe has to yep. come in. They immediately yep. target Conklin. That becomes an issue. So the safety is yep. obviously... More important than ever before. I think they definitely miss David Andrews, Christian Barmore, and Kyle Duggar today. Hopefully they get healthy enough for next Sunday's contest. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about next Sunday's contest as well as whether or not we think the Patriots should be buyers or sellers as the NFL trading deadline approaches. Good job. Good lists there, Andy. Thank you very much. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number here if you would like to get in touch with us from our Best Yet brand studio on the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. We are less than 24 hours away from Tuesday's uh, November 1st, 4 p.m. trade deadline. There's Mm -hmm. been enough smoke, and I've seen nationally a lot of uh, references to this could be one of the most interesting and active trade deadlines in NFL history. Do you think the Patriots are involved in that? Will we get a big name coming and or going or both for the Patriots? You know, I do think the Patriots make a trade. I said last week on Six Rings, I thought they would make a trade. I do think one of the two receivers, this is unless, of course, Devontae Parker, who exited the game early with some sort of leg injury and was out after the first play. If, in fact, he is injured and there's something more than just like a quick little thing, but rather like a lingering issue, uh, I could see the Patriots having to hold on to their receivers. But for a while now, I thought that they might move on from one of these guys just to get a little value because they weren't being used very often. But I think we have to wait on the Parker front. Isaiah Wind, the problem is with, you know, Marcus Cannon kind of getting exposed and looking like somebody who had retired and had moved on from the NFL and had been brought back to to play, uh, starting to look just like that as well. I don't think you can trust Kajust. Uh, so whatever, whoever you deal away, who's going to fill in the gap? That's the problem. That's my issue with the Patriots being sellers right now as they sit four and four with nine games to go. What, do you, what are you going to get in return that's going to help your now, let alone your future? Well, I don't know if you'll get any. Oh, your future would be a draft pick. I mean, if you get draft yeah, picks for these guys. another fifth? I don't know. Who, who could possibly replace the one target and zero catches that Kendrick Bourne had today? Who could possibly replace the sacks allowed by the right tackles over the last few weeks and the penalties that they've racked up? Like, I don't know. They're not doing you any good, so might as well get something for them. I'm angry. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just can't. Okay, so you move on from, let's say you trade Isaiah Wynn and Nelson Aguilar. Isaiah Wynn clearly gave. Did you read Mike Reese's uh, Sunday notes? I did not get a chance to today. Okay, so the right answer is no, Andy, because I was reading your Sunday 7 on WEI.com. And or I, I was interviewing Jets fans for WEI.com on the radio uh, station, but I digress. Wind me a river. 
Um, Mike Reese asked... Trolling um, me for working. Is this what we've stooped to? You call that working? Uh, Mike Reese clearly asked Isaiah Wynn a couple questions about his contract, and Wynn, like... Gave him attitude and walked away. If he's given what? Mike Reese attitude, it was one thing when he was given Phil Perry attitude. But if he's given Mike Reese attitude and being a dink to Mike Reese, it's time to go. Your time here is over, Isaiah Wynn. You're not that good. Somebody needs to tell you you're not that good. So my, Mike Reese asks him some questions about his contract or how the season is going, a, a combination therein, and Wynn yeah, has he, a little bit of a – he huffs off, a little hiss I'll, of it? I'll get – I'll get the quotes for the, uh, but yeah, he huffed off after two questions. I'll get the exact. They were very short answers, uh, very fair questions because they were coming from Mike Reese. So you know it wasn't some sort of like ambush trying to catch you saying something stupid. Well, gotcha that's journalism. Not what Mike Reese does no, no, that's not what Mike Reese does. Never has, never will. Um, but yeah, and then he walked off and said he was trying to indict him or something like that. I don't even think he used the indict word properly. Him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he used the right word he wanted to use. Um, he's been defensive. I mean, we've had we've seen those. Um, back and forth with Phil Perry when Phil would just ask him like right tackle when did you know and he would get all defensive and wouldn't answer the question and just smile and not answer again and again that's my answer that's my answer that's my answer he would just be a total dink to him and now he is being uh, a total dink to right here okay Patriots wide receiver Nelson Aguilar blah, blah, buzz so he um, asked Isaiah Wynn um how he handles having his name floated in trade rumors. I'm playing and doing what I have to do, he said curtly. Mm. When asked if he wanted to be with the Patriots, he responded, I'm here, right? Then walked away, ending the interview abruptly while suggesting the questions were an attempt to quote-unquote indict him. That's how you spell indict, right? I-N-D-I-C-T? I-N-D-I-C-T. Okay, just making sure I was reading that right. Yeah. Mm. So he was a dink to Mike Reese, and he's oh, not good. Shame. Playing poorly Shame on him, right? I'm all done with Isaiah Wynn. We can be a middling team without Isaiah Wynn. Mac Jones can get hit a lot without Isaiah Wynn. Mac Jones can be first and fifteen after a penalty without Isaiah Wynn. We don't need the lead leader in penalties on this team. The former first round pick with short arms and no position to play in the National Football League. I wish you well in your future endeavors. Get out. Shame. 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 Yeah. All the best and a good day to you, sir, as well. Okay, so so those are some of the familiar candidates should the Patriots be sellers at the deadline. When we come back, let's maybe float the idea that they're buyers. Where Ooh. would you target somebody? Do you have anyone in mind that you might target, Andy, and or listeners to the program as we head into the final segment of the Six Rings postgame show? Some other final thoughts and a quick look ahead to the Colts game next Sunday at Gillette. We got Fitzy. We got heart and we got you. Final segment here. Home stretch of the Six Rings post game show on WEEI. Patriots 22, Jets 17. Lots of NFL to discuss. A quick preview of the Colts game next week and a little more trade deadline talk. Andy, in that 49ers Rams game, guess what Christian McCaffrey in only his second game with the San Francisco 49ers has accomplished? Through a touchdown. He became the first player since 2005 to run, catch, and throw a touchdown all in the same game. Since 2005. Good Interesting. Pretty good pickup. Because David Patton did it in 01 for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Who did it in 2005? That's a good question. I didn't I know Walter that Payton part did up. It. I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Maybe <laughs> I knew Walter Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson. So it was Payton, then uh, David Patton, then Ladanian Tomlinson, and now Christian McCaffrey. It's pretty impressive. 
pretty impressive pickup for them indeed. Looks like the Colts right now with just a minute oh, left in that game. They are up 16-10 to 10 on the Washington Commanders at Finalist Banner Field out in Indianapolis. It looks like it may run the Colts up to 4-3-1. So they'll have, obviously, a massive uh, edge in the winning record department next week as they come to Gillette Stadium for that one. And it looks like the bloom is off the rose with the Giants. 6-1 and one heading into the game today in Seattle. Seahawks are up 27-13 to 13 over the Giants right now. Looks like the Giants will go into their bye at 6-2. and two. Still a surprising 6-2, and two, but as we've been outlining here with the Patriots, eventually you're going to have to try to throw touchdowns. Eventually you're going to have to throw the ball. Eventually you're going to have to like do more than just like grit scheme and gut out these wins, which the Giants have kick five done field miraculously. Goals. <laughs> What's that? Just keep, just keep sending Nick Folk out to kick field goals. That'll be enough. That's fine. Yeah, five folks, five folks every week. That'll always get the job done. Uh, did I you mean, see? It was funny before I'm, you went to when you went to break. You said of the Rams done or what's wrong with the Rams, and uh, there was a bit of a scare. I think they've averted it, but uh, there were a lot of tweets, fast and furious, about Cooper Cup being attended to by trainers down on the turf. Uh, mm. But he he did get up and walk off under his own power. So um, not sure what, what exactly happened to him. Obviously, that's a big deal for the Rams. Also a big deal for a lot of fantasy owners out there who uh, have been benefiting from his uh, ridiculous numbers. Here's an interesting one from Andrew Callahan. This one just popped up on the timeline. Uh, I heard a lot of this actually today when I was talking to Patriots fans outside of Jet Life Stadium before the Pats-Jets game in New Jersey. This one this is a quote from Kendrick Bourne. In Bill I trust, in Bill we trust. With Bill, we've always got a shot every single week. And I just love being a part of something like that. I don't believe you. <laughs> you are not telling me the truth, and I am not listening. To, I am not, you are saying all the right things because you are being paid a lot of good money to play football, but you cannot possibly be happy with your role in this offense, especially when you told us in the offseason you thought you could become in the next Debo Samuel or contribute like that to the offense. And we all said, from our old pal Brian Barrett uh, to me now and beyond, we all said that he was probably their most explosive playmaker, and yet still, nowhere to be seen. Yeah, that uh, that answer from Kendrick Bourne sounds like when your wife says, does this make me look fat? No, 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 no. That was his version of that. Yeah, not good. Okay, Lying. so Andy, let's say the Patriots do decide to try to make some acquisitions. Obviously, if they trade players away, they'll acquire something in return. Probably not players, likely draft capital. But if the Patriots were to surprise you and be buyers at the deadline, where could you see them potentially making acquisitions? What position would you hope they would address first? Well, unfortunately, I saw that Josh Allen said that their GM told him he was not going to be traded this year, so I don't think you'll be able to acquire Josh Allen and get the franchise quarterback of the division that I would love to have. Um, let's see, pretty much anywhere. Offensive line, uh, wide receiver, Tight end, linebacker, safety, cornerback, punter. Uh, could use a long-term kicker. Not sure how this long. So pretty much everything. I'd be open to almost everything. Nick Folk is going to kick forever. Okay, so he's the Tom Brady of kickers? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, but I think uh, the trade has to be not only guys coming in, but some of these guys <laughs> going out. <laughs> he gets paid money. Classic. To yep. provide that analysis. He is a genius. Um, no, but if you said That's amazing. the thing that I would mo- – if if I could get a, a linebacker, a linebacker that I had faith in, 
that would be my first choice, I think, because I continue last week with Fields. I thought you didn't match up athletically. Mm -hmm. I just, I look out there and it's Tavai and it's Bentley and it's just not good enough. I need more athletes on the field at the second level. And I think it even gets more exposed when you're down a safety, when you lose Duggar as that box safety or just in that rotation in the middle of the field. Uh, Jabril Peppers had a bee in his bonnet today. Did you notice that? He was, uh, he he had the first, yeah, he was very feisty and I kind of like it. I think this team could use a little bit of that. I think they could use a little bit more. Where's the attitude from the defensive line that we were talking about a few weeks ago? They didn't seem to have quite as much today. I do think the defense played well today, and they took everything Zach Wilson gave to them. Is that because, like, probably their two biggest hitters, Christian Barmore and Kyle Duggar, were, I mean, yeah, they were missing a lot of the teeth on defense today. Those are two of your best young players, two of your most versatile players. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk of how many double teams that Christian Barmore is. I think he's the third most double teamed defensive lineman in football right now over the course of the season um so i yeah that when you're without key players in the middle like that and i would throw david andrews in there too i don't think it's coincidence that the offensive line struggled today jets front is good jets defense is good and you were without david andrews i think that's part of that equation so but you'll get those guys back you know the expectation would be so i i would target linebacker if i could get a linebacker like roquan Mm -hmm. smith we just saw a guy Who's, who could be, you know, on the way out. Now, I don't think they would ever go down that road. That's a that's a big name, big price, because if you trade for him, you got to give him a contract that is going to pay him a lot of money. But Well, and you got to pay up and give him more than they would get in the comp for him as well. Well, yeah, I, I'm not worried about that. They're only going to get a third-round pick for him. Actually, excuse me, a fourth-round pick, because it comes after the third round. I broke my own rule. Um, a fourth-round pick for him. But it's the whatever sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety million dollars that he'll be looking for that I don't think they'd Oh be. no, the Patriots would have to spend money on a really good football player for a change. Oh no. <laughs> There's the Fox. Please don't tell fraud. me that, Andy. And a, a There's good one on the defense? fraud squad. <laughs> in Bill oh, you trust. Stop it. You trust in Bill just like Kendrick Bourne does. Right now it's shaken. With 15 seconds left in the game, Andy, second and 10 at the Indianapolis 25. The Colts are now down 17-16 to the Commanders. Taylor Heineke driving one through. They get the extra point. It looks like the Colts may be coming to town 3-4 and one off a defeat. Oh, how much will the Patriots be favored by now? Andy, I'm going to go with Pats by four. Early guess. Uh, yeah, I would. it might even be a little more than that. Four and a half, five. Ooh, four and a hook. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, I think it might be. Often. I think it might be. Um, I don't know if it's worthy, and I know they have a backup quarterback, a young quarterback in there, inexperienced quarterback. Um, I just don't know what the Patriots are right now. Who are you going to get for the Patriots? Do you feel confident? I know we nailed today's game, but that was more because we we nailed Zach Wilson than we necessarily yeah, I nailed had tw- the Patriots. I had 2016, and it was 22-17, so not yeah. a bad call by your old right. pal. But everybody said it's going to be low scoring, probably a little ugly, and if you get the Zach Wilson picks that you usually get, that'll probably be the deciding factor. That was almost universally the prediction for this game, and it was right. I don't, I, I, I'm not as confident in the Patriots, and we all just talked about this game swung when your pick six was called back and then you had one nice drive and he was in the midst of his meltdown. It all kind of came together there for you. But if that pick six counts, 17-3, the game is over, you lose. Now you're a three and five football team. You're tied with Tom Brady across the league standings. Um, I, I just I don't know who the Patriots are right now. It's what Fourier said earlier. Your identity, 
you know, there's the, your pass rush is pretty good, right? You got Wise and you got Judon. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. something you can kind of bank on. They got that to some degree today. You got that one of the best be a, defensive linemen in the NFL and Devon Godshow, or so I've been told. Yeah, I've been told that, but that's sarcasm, Fitzy. That's the fraud squad again. I'm talking about real positives you can build on, and uh, I he think Judon and ball player, Jude, he's fine. He's yeah. fine. Godchow's fine. Is he great? No. Uh, like I laughed today. I think he had the first tackle of the game five yards downfield. <laughs> that means your big defensive tackle was getting pushed five yards downfield. Um, but no, like Judon and Wise to me are building blocks of a defensive game plan against a young quarterback, a young inexperienced quarterback. You can put pressure on Sam Ellinger. You can force him into some mistakes, force him into punts, things of that nature. I don't know beyond that. Do you feel great about the coverage? No, they're not a great passing team, though. Like, they don't have a ton of weapons that are going to scare you. So is your pass defense probably good enough? Probably. Is Jonathan Taylor healthy and on? Because if Jonathan Taylor is healthy and on, we saw last year he ran away from you to win the Mm -hmm. game. That's a concern. I remember that 68-yard soul-crushing game-ending scamper where he cut right on Hightower and took it to the six-point house. Ended Hightower's career. That really was. That was kind of the end for High. It was the beginning of the end. I think that was the eye-opening. Ooh, he might be done. It might have been eye-opening for him, for all we know. He may have looked at that and said, okay, if that's where I'm going to look in big spots and big plays. He's a guy that's made his career on making big plays and big spots and Super Bowls. If I'm going to look like that, I'm done. But if Jonathan Taylor runs on this run defense that's been inconsistent all year, now Larry Guy's back out there. I think that's uh, helpful for them. I think, And if you can get Christian Barmore back out there, now you have your depth back and you start to make plays. But offensively, if you make a mistake and throw it to Stephon Gilmore and he returns it for a touchdown, you're going to lose. And this offense right now is an absolute, um, I don't want to say it's debacle. discombobulated. Or, yes. Yeah. It's not, I, it, it, there, there's nothing dynamically cohesive about this offense right, right now. Right. And that, We had a it's quarterback hard. issue. We, we still don't know who the long-term answer is. Max trying to reconfigure himself. Uh, Mac is trying to rebuild himself and gain confidence. The offensive line was great earlier in the season. Now they've been injured. Now they're having issues. Uh, they're not utilizing the the weapons they have. They spend a uh, most expensive wide receiver room, $25 million for two tight ends who each get one or two catches a game. Like, it's a mess. It, it's, yes. it's messy right now. But yet still they get the win. Um, hey, Producer Nick, could you play that Zach Wilson quote from after the from the postgame today? about? Yeah, uh, we'll have these guys in two weeks. One, one more time, please. Yeah, we'll have these guys in two weeks. So that was Zach Wilson's answer when he was asked about, you know, how they played and, you know, going up against the Pats, blah, blah, blah. I just saw something on NBC Sports Boston's Patriots coverage on Twitter. Did you know he was chewing gum during his postgame presser? <laughs> I am not a big – I like watching dink. Zach Wilson play, but I'm sorry. And people made fun of me when I said this. The whole thing with his mom's friend and, like, he does not make good decisions. He does not seem like the guy I'd want to hitch my wagon to. Like, if you're – if you're Robert Sala, do you feel great about that guy sort of controlling your career? Like, the way your career goes, in large part, will go where, where Zach Wilson takes it. I would not feel good about him holding my career in his hands. It's kind of like when I come to this show and you're holding my career in your hands, hosting. Would you, you do the just fine indicting or, you know, either vindicating or hanging yourself on this postgame show. I don't need trouble. to do much. We're off with our breaks. We're getting yelled at. We're going to be off the air soon. People were already calling for Glenn to come back. We had all those calls this weekend. (laughs) One of them. There was one of them. That's true. It was just one. It was kind of curious, and they were just kind of putting us to the test. 
Of course, we are brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y.com for your free trial. All right, Andy, we were just talking about Zach Wilson. He can't be the player of the game today, although he definitely was the most important, if not most influential player on the field in helping the Patriots get that 22-17 win. We have to give it to a Patriot. I'm going to let you choose time now for the Patriots player of the game. It is brought to you by Cars for Kids. The easy way to donate your car, donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to Cars for Kids, that's Cars with a K, or 1-877-CARS-4-KIDS. Andy, your choices are Ramondre Stevenson, Nick Folk, or Field. Who do you give it to? I don't need choices. This is the easiest one of the year. It's Ramondre Stevenson. He was a beast, caught the ball great, ran the ball great, made plays, made people miss, ran over people, threw people. He was by far, I thought, the best player on the field against a good defense, not a pushover defense. He wasn't doing this against you know, the, uh, the worst defense in the league. That's a damn good athletic front-to-back Jets defense and Ramondre Stevenson I thought showed them what kind of a uh, future he has what kind of a present he has he was dominant almost 150 yards from scrimmage he is your version of Christian McCaffrey maybe he can throw too we'll see it's interesting because you say if you're Robert Sala do you want to have your career your livelihood your reputation in the NFL hitched to this kid obviously Bill Belichick who gets his 325th win today second place all-time by himself in NFL head coaching wins, passing George Hallis at 324. You know, a lot of that is associated with Tom Brady. It's a pretty obvious and clear Mm. association. People were saying earlier he should probably send a present to Tom Brady. If he sends a present, it should probably be a sandwich because I saw a picture of Tom Brady helping out feeding some people in California today on Twitter, and my God, he looks emaciated at this point. I feel terribly for him. Um, He can understand he's going through some hell right now, but... uh, yeah, uh, if you're Salah, I mean, you, you may be like, guys, I just need a game. Can I put Flacco back in until this kid gets seasoned or prepared? Can I go back to Mike White or something? Like, can we? This is getting ridiculous. He didn't draft him, but it, he, then again, he was there for it last year. But you're not going to move on from him. He was the second overall pick last year. And there's too much talent. That's the other thing. Is like there you is can't upside. Rush these kids into the NFL like this, like they need right. time especially the weird uh, COVID world and the the schedule he played and everything that went into it. He needs time. There is upside. You're not going to pull the plug or turn on him now. I just think if you are looking at his decision-making both on and off the field, it leaves something to be desired. And I think Salah's probably the kind of guy that says, I'm going to have a great defense. I know defense. We're going to have a great defense. Just give me a quarterback who can manage it, won't make too many mistakes, and he's got the exact opposite of that right now. Well, that'll do it for tonight's edition of the Six Rings post-game show. Excellent job, as always, producer Nick LaPan. Good job, Andy. He is at Jumbo Heart. I am at Fitzy GFY. Make sure you subscribe to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday with a fresh edition with everyone's favorite Chris Primetime Shime as well. We'll have our preview podcast up on Friday, getting you ready for Colts at Patriots next Sunday at 1 o'clock from Gillette Stadium, and that is a final. Commanders 17, Colts 16 as well. Patriots 22, the New York Jets 17. The Patriots run their record to 4-4 four and four on the season. Nine games to go on the 2022 slate. Thanks again, everyone, for letting us into your heads and hearts for a couple hours to talk football. It's always a good time.